Well, plus there's the danger of having Barry sitting directly across from Deb. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's just... Danger for my legs. Mm. She'll kick me. Yes, I will. Yeah, well, she's also not allowed to sit next to me when we play D&D. Nope. Yep. Why is that? Because I'll hit him. For what? Just because? For killing her character. Being Barry? You, you say that DM. like she needs a reason. <laughs> because... <laughs> Folks, if you guys don't know, Barry lets Deb get away with cheating. Like her ranger does, like nuclear missile arrow. It's like what? Oh, no, oh. dude. There's no. no cheating. That 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 bullshit. That hey, samurai girl. shit she pulled Kirsten, in the last game we all played Kirsten, together. That was rules Kirsten, as written. What? You were sitting over there with a smirk on your face because you know what I speak of is the truth. I, rules I just as written. I I I'm just That's laughing wrong. at you deciding to, for some reason, die on this hill. <laughs> <laughs> you like see this steep granite hill that's gonna take you forever to climb, and you're like, I'm gonna die on that. <laughs> you get on the top. <laughs> you've started picking someone each show to pick on. No. Yes. yes. Last no. week you picked incessantly on Jeff. No, it was it like, was it was like terrible. A, a minute at the start of the show. One no, minute. it wasn't. It was wow. longer than that. You listened to it. It was longer than wow. that. Wow. <laughs> Poor Jeff. It was I, terrible. I apologize, Jeff. It was terrible. Yeah, I don't know how he took it. It was terrible. He took it pretty well, though. Yes, he did. He's used to it. It's Jeff. He's the Teflon duck. That's true. I've I've had years of practice putting up with people attacking me. No, it's <laughs> when, I, they, when they come up to the bar. They're like, "Who's that guy?" Oh, Darren. How are you? Blah blah blah. blah. I have to say, in, in my experience in D anD D, yes, Deb's optimization is always interesting. But having said that, we did do that one shop where she was. A monk underpowered, and she had her numbers totally wrong and totally wrong in the wrong direction. Yes, and she was hitting like the rest of us. And, and <laughs> Paulette and I were just like, Is this Deb? Who are you? And what have you done with Deb? Because she, she just was like, Oh, I have plus two to hit. No, Deb, you're this, you should have like plus eight. Oh, okay. All right, so I just roll a d6 for damage. Deb, you are. Who are you? <laughs> it was weird. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe it's only when Barry is DMing. Dude. Oh, so cheat. She needs to. No, she needs no, to. No. Oh, two things on that. One, if you remember, many Comic-Cons ago, Chris Perkins himself told Deb that she should cheat. Okay. For uh, which I will never forgive Chris Perkins. And yes. we have it recorded. Yeah, I know. I hate it. Okay, you could back me up on this. Mm. 5e... Samurai fighter oh, archer. It's yeah, no. Overpowered. Yeah. In fact, I've actu- I've actually seen one or two YouTubes that have actually said, "Don't do arcane archer. Do samurai archer." Oh, definitely don't do ranger. There, gimped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, super gimped. The, the with the the new Tasha's and the 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 Beastmaster thing. If you want a pet, they're actually much better. But yeah. They change the whole order your companion to attack from mm-hmm. an action to a bonus action. Oh, that's big. That's huge. 
That's super. And big. You should have seen Dude. Lewis's face when he read it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, another another class not to roll is a armor artificer. Uh, extremely underpowered. I never liked artificers. And if Paulette's at your Sorry, table, Steve. don't multi-class. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> What's wrong uh, with my? I love multi-class. Well, my my whole inspiration of my druid was to make a World of Warcraft feral druid. Okay, so a feral. Uh, raging regen bear type yeah. thing. Barbarian druid? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she's like, Why not? What are you doing? You're idiots. She, You're so she, stupid. She just, <laughs> I was like, What? What? Well, she, part of that is because she just likes to pick on you. Yeah, there's that. You got to so take like that and throw guys. that away. It's like you guys. <laughs> oh, no. You got to be able to you take two. some shit. I don't. Like, we you might. Pick on him. But not in the same way. So he oh, takes no, no, all no, no. of Not in the same way. He takes all of that and turns it around, ter- internalizes it, and yeah. puts it on Jeff. <laughs> there you go. Okay. And and Jeff sits there, the Teflon duck. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 650. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. <laughs> what the? <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> Oh you were there. The... Wow, we were there for Kay's last words. <laughs> <laughs> she dropped fucking dead. Wow. What the hell? Damn. <laughs> Woo. I'm okay. You okay? Okay. Are you sure? Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll go. Maple Leaf Matt. Wow. Uh, slightly worried Blarg. Mm. <laughs> and we're to talk weak and geek and resuscitate. Commander K. <laughs> My God. I don't want to work right now. Just stay alive, please. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I don't know CPR. I do. Okay. I I'll just throw certified. random fruits and vegetables at you there until you, you wake up. There you go. That's yeah, how you do it, right? Sit there you go. Matt, you're up. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of your certification, do they teach you to excel into someone's mouth? Because you're not supposed to do that anymore. Yeah. Mm. Okay. You're supposed well, to use that <laughs> airbag thingy. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Not even. Or, or the, uh, what are you supposed the other to do? One, the mouth guard just thing? Ch- just, just chest, chest compressions. Just the p- compressions. Yeah. Because a lot of... Main reason is... Uh, you can aspirate the person. Well, that and higher likelihood of being sued if, you know, they feel like it wasn't done correctly or something goes wrong or whatever. There was too much tongue. Ah, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. didn't Not get to mention dinner afterward. the health risks associated with... Well, I don't know how many years ago it was, but I read somewhere at some point they were like, yeah, no, no more breathing. Actually, like just closer just to 30 chest. years ago. Jesus, I'm worried. I mean, the yeah. Well, because the thinking, too, is their last like intake of air, so it's there, so it's better for you just to get it moving around. Right. So. Well, well, plus the heartbeat is the most important thing, as long as the blood exactly, stays flowing. Exactly, yeah. The heartbeat's what's important. And you're blowing CO2 into their lungs. It's not like you're putting oxygen in well, there. Well, you're getting some oxygen in there. Oh, but some. It's kind of like putting ice in your whiskey. You're getting some water. Yeah, there you go. Pick on him, Matt. <laughs> well, that's I don't know. I, you seem like you're ready to go. <laughs> I'm just. You're pricey. a new man brought back from the dead. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> well, before we get into what geeky things we did this week, uh, let's, uh, let's give away a little something. Let's give away something. It's been about a month or so. Yeah, give so it's, away, it's time. Give it away, give well, time. Give it away Before now. We, we talk about what we uh, are going to give away now, which we're not going to tell you what it is. Uh, remember, last month it was something amazing. It was Teenage Mutant Ninja... That sounds amazing and mushy. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle socks. And ah. They are fabulous. So that's the type of fabulous prize you might get. Or you might get, you know, Jeff's old socks. Who knows? Um, There's a market for that. I you heard. might get a Nick Cage pillowcase. It will yeah. most likely be oh, something yeah. show-related, so uh, it stay will, tuned. But it, it will be a mystery game. It will be something show-related. And let's draw a random name. All right, Jeff, make it. 
We have one. And it is Elizabeth Y. Elizabeth. Yay, congratulations, Elizabeth. This is a big one, Elizabeth. Congratulations on winning something that is to be determined, but guaranteed to be awesome. Awesome, not guaranteed. Spielberg told you to watch the skies. We tell you to watch the male. <laughs> Yay. Don't watch the female. You'll get sued. <laughs> what? <laughs> Only UK. <clears throat> That's right. I shine a light on social issues. You too can win something fabulous. Just be a tier two Kofi member. Or higher. Visit Geek Shot Podcast. Wait. What is it? Why do I not know the address? Geekshockpodcast.com slash Geekshock. Well, how many weeks has it been since you last did a show? That's a good point. It's been a little bit. You've been busy. You can also exit through the website, which is geekshockpodcast.com. And you can access our Kofi page through there as well. There you go. Thank you, Jeff. There are multiple ways to get to your destination. Before we move on, we have a little bit of physical mail. So this is a what's going in my mouth. This was. This was sent to us oh, from yeah. Pat Spurl. Oh, oh boy. God. So God. open that up. And what 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 is this? I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Oh, oh, oh. What Mandalorian oh. things. This is Say that into the mic. Say it into the mic, Barry. Star Wars Mandalorian dipping sticks with candy powder. Is that fun dip? Dipsticks. Basically fun dip. I love fun this dip. This is a good thing. Oh, this is amazing. There are two flavors. Vanilla and green apple. Why is it open? Green apple. Because he had to open it, probably. It's probably all green apple. It, well, it? it probably no, got shipped split. from Amazon. It's it's oh. it's looking a little uh, little Amazon crushed. Yeah, but that's okay. Everything's in there. That's fantastic. You know this is going to be good. This yeah. is this is this sure. is fun. Unless Torgo, that. you know, swapped these out for you know booger and puke. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. Thanks, Pat. This is really nice. Yes, yeah, thank you. Oh my goodness. So oh, I how see. How do these the, work? The yep. dipping stick is vanilla, and the uh, dipping candy is green apple. So that's very traditional. Ah. If, if you're not familiar with Fun Dip, it is basically a white candy stick, and then uh, if you the old ones I remember had multiple powders. This seemed to yes. only yep. have, have the one, the apple powder. I don't. Okay, remember I remember the, the cherry and grape were the the two that I liked, yep, and I can't remember the what the third one was. So you uh, you lick the stick, dip it into the powder, and then relick the stick, and then continue on. I don't remember the stick having a flavor. It, it always. Ju- it was well, almost. It was like one of my favorite things to eat out of this thing. It's uh, it. Let I him put, have it, Kay. Go ahead. I put vanilla in quotes. Okay. Yeah, vanilla is. I guess the most generic flavor they could think of for this basic candy stick. So this is vanilla geeks like vanilla. No, no. <gasps> it even says the Mandalorian on the stick. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, it does for now until you lick it off and it's like the Mandalorian. <laughs> then you're just licking the man. Oh yeah. That's good. It's Barry's favorite thing, anyway. Yeah. Is anybody here not like green apple? Me. Okay. So, so this this could be an actual what's going in my mouth for you. This is. uh, It's weird. It's weird. Mm -hmm. What makes it weird? Give give me. uh, Give me a why. Heart. It's like it's it's very mild as far as like your typical liquamade flavor. Yeah, it is. Fun dips are usually kind of sour. This isn't sour at all. It's very sweet. It's 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 got like a hint of sour on the finish, but not. Not what you would mm. typically associate with green apple. I'm going to do what I usually did with Lickamades. And just eat them like that. Mm-hmm. Were you the kid... Well, that, at that point, you're just weekend. pixie sticks. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Were you, were you the kid in school who used to like snort fun dip? No! Are you just saying? <laughs> there was always that kid. It wasn't me. 
I, no, I didn't hang out with that kid. You know, like Steve-O who snorted wasabi? Sure, it wasn't you, Crazy people. No, no. Oh, what was his name? Mike Sankowitz or whatever his name was. And he would always snort pick, fun dip and pixie sticks. And he would, do, he would be the kid who would always get in trouble for doing dumb shit. And uh, I figured that was you when you were a kid. <laughs> it would make sense, wouldn't it? Um, but no, I, I did not. Now, we did receive another piece of mail. This one oh, no. is a specific gift. Apparently, just a special gift for Professor Biggs mm. and Commander K. Hey. Uh-oh. From the Microscope. Oh, no. Oh, God. I think I know what this is. So, uh, go ahead, Commander K. On behalf of Biggs. <laughs> he got it. Oh. Okay. What are we looking at here? Shitty Canadian whiskey shirts. Yeah. That's what it is. Fireball whiskey shirts. Oh, God. To commemorate your mild alcoholism. Functional, but mild. Thank you, Microscope. This needs an add on on the bottom. Final warning. And, uh, and thank you, everybody, all of our listeners, especially our Kofi members, for supporting the show. Uh, so, let's get into the show. Oh, it's, it's been, you've been gone for a while. Deb, Barry, what what you, what geeky things you do while you've been gone? It's not very geeky, but we moved into a house. You've finally moved, you've moved out of Jeff's house into yes. your own. Yes, you, You've, uh, Jeff kicked you out. Gave us the boot. Yeah, the bums uh, rush. Understandably so. I'm the sure. He-ho. Whatever. I'm sure it wasn't Deb's fault. Whatever it was. Yet they what, still what? have a key, so you know. <laughs> well, that's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, we moved into a house, yeah. and obviously we're not done moving stuff yet because we have so much I would, geeky I, stuff. I want to put it for the record. That, there we go. That uh, when the move was supposed to happen, he said a I, week, right? Yeah, he said a week. It was yeah, gonna, I was not around for that conversation, or I would have said no. <laughs> now let's. <immediately. laughs> yeah. We've had some delays, some some issues, so the weak target didn't quite get hit. Well, uh, let's list off all the delays. Wasn't the house originally supposed to be done in May? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, and I and what te- what month did I tell you when you told me that that it was actually going to be done in? Uh, August. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there it was. July. Um, actually, we moved in. We got the keys July thirtieth. Ah, ha! Pox on you. No, July twenty sixth. I was only off by a week, basically. <laughs> and so was I. Well, sort of. I'm more than a week. Actually. <laughs> uh, there's Although no, there's at one point, didn't they time. tell you September something? Yeah. They said it might be. Yeah. yeah. What's been the roughest part of the move? <sighs> oh, sorting well, all the crap we have. As geek people, we amass a lot of things. Well, and it's not just that. So, you know, my company hired movers to move us, which means they also packed our boxes. Oh, okay. So a lot of that, we didn't see them put stuff in there. They labeled the boxes with labels of nothing that they labeled is actually in said box. So it's also been a challenge to figure out where everything is. So that's also why it's taking us forever. So we've been opening, we've started having to be like, okay, this is garage stuff. Let's put this to the side for the time being. Oh, look, there's a random pot in this box with a bunch of other games. Okay. It's, it's been things like that. Some you open a put- box, you figure out what's in it. My favorite is how badly they spelled things. Oh. Deb has a lot of wrapping paper. Apparently, we have reaping paper, which oh, is terrible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we open that box and scratch that out right away. Only, ah. only with consent, kids. Only with consent. <laughs> this one's got my name all over it, Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
it's it's been a, it's been difficult, which makes it difficult to be geeky. Uh, but we did get some geek in. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we we uh, we started the Sandman, and uh-huh. we started started binging it. It's so good. Yeah, what are we on? Like episode four, four or five? Yeah, so can, good, so good. Can I just tell you? So, I have read the Hellblazer comics, the Constantine or Constantine, as they call him in this show. As apparently that is the correct way. I've been saying it wrong all my yeah, life. So it's Constantine. And technically, in this show, they call her. Yeah, they have converted ah. um, John to jo- Johanna. It works. Oh, I like it. It works. Um, it's Jenna Coleman. She plays, ah. she, so far, so she's been in one episode. I would love to see a series of her doing Constantine. Like, I would watch that in a heartbeat. I'm really, really digging the vibe that she's putting off as John Constantine because it is very much on par with the comics so far. And uh, Gwendolyn Christie. Uh, who was the big, tall, blonde swordswoman in Game Brienne. of Thrones? Brienne uh, plays uh, Lucifer Morningstar. Yep. Oh, fantastic! Plays it more accurate to the comics, like the original Sandman comics. Mm. Um, Cheers. Not so much the Mike Carey run of Lucifer, which is the best, and not a fucking thing like that horrendous, awful uh, police procedural they call <laughs> Lucifer. We don't. We don't talk about that. That's the Highlander two of. Of, of <laughs> that DC. wasn't that bad. You're no. overreacting. Well, he's read the comics. That's why he. It's nothing yeah. like the comics. Mm-mm. Oh, goddamn thing. So, better, same, as good as uh, Matt Ryan, who played Constantine on the CW. Uh, on the well, well, before the CW on the NBC series, and then on the CW. Um. Or just different. I feel like so far her portrayal is closer to the comic okay. portrayal. Like John Constantine in Constantine, let him fix it in the comics. Mm-hmm. He's Const- Constantine now. Just he goes back and forth and back and forth a lot more on Istanbul, trying to fit in and just being himself. Okay, and pushing limits and fuck off everyone. And I want to try to be a part of this. You know what I mean? Back and forth and back and forth. And on uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which is, I think he was in that one the most. Yeah. I mean, I I appreciated the way that he portrays the character, but it's not as dark as the Hellblazer comics. And part of that, obviously, is it's the CW, right? Right. So I feel like for this, because it's Netflix, that she is able to do more of the real true, honest, you know, portrayal of, of John Constantine. Gotcha. So. And Morpheus is straight out of the comics. Like, he jumped right off the page. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah Even that, looks like him. He's, I've never noticed the actor before, but yeah, he so far, like, his whole just demeanor and facial expressions and all of it's, it's really good. He says, like, two sentences every episode. The first episode, I don't even think he spoke once. It's great. He did the narration. Oh, yeah. So, you know, he spoke a lot. Spoke speaking where you I, hear I did watch that first episode, and he does speak more at the end of mm. but. So you're wrong, Barry, in other words. You just Yeah, well, I don't care. Uh, welcome to real life. Barry's wrong. Move on. Real well, life with Barry Rob. <laughs> so, Sandman, watch it. Yes. And then last weekend, we went out of town. We went to California to see my family because my older sister is finally getting to visit for the first time since 2019 because of COVID and, you know, England. She lives in England and they haven't been able to travel here until a few months ago. Because of England. But we went to go see them and do family pictures, and on Saturday night, Barry and I went to go put our name into the restaurant, and we had my nephew with us, 
and we took him to his first real game store ever. And oh. and the clerk gave him a free starter deck of Pokemon. Uh oh. Yes. Like crack. Started first one's free. Oh yes. Kid. That's uh, <laughs> that's not a good person. <laughs> hey, I gave him uh, the essentials kit. For D&D. You gave my oldest gave nephew. Yeah, but he, I don't think he cracked the, the cover on that. So I think the cover probably scares them a little bit because there, they had a whole D&D section in the store. We were pointing out books and Lucas and Lucas was like, that doesn't look child appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because well, some of the D&D books have like demons and oh, all God. these things on the okay. cover. And yeah. Don't show him some of the older ones that have the scantily clad women on it, right, Kay? So keep in mind that <laughs> Your look. my sister, I keep bumping the stupid microphone, that my sister, that is their mom, is the super religious conservative sister. Ah. So... Twin yeah. sister. So you should have given Nothing the DNA stuff plus Metallica Black and then Megadeth's... Uh, <laughs> Metallica Black? Fix that shit. Start him off light. Uh, ride the lightning. And justice for all. And Start then, him off like we started off. Master Metallica's Kill Em All. Oh, there you go. Master yeah. of Puppets. Kill Em All. Master of Puppets. Which is better album, but Kill Em All is how he started. That's how you start, yeah. but you, you go with what's good. Yeah, all right, that's fair. So you, you're telling me you don't like Metallica Black album? No. Are you... Oh my god! I, I do. Know. I really like that album, dude. I grew yeah, up on the Jersey guys. Shore, all right, with my jean jacket with all my freaking band logos on it. I get it, but still, that's an amazing album. It is. I, how do you how, really, you go dude? From, it's metalhead hipster to you go be from, like Metallica was great before the Black Album. Yeah, a little bit. That's true, uh, but. You start with Kill 'Em All, you get Ride the Lightning, get Master Puppets, and then you get. Injustice I like them all too. I like those too. But then I get the Black Album, and I'm like, eh. Well, <laughs> what happened? Are you that, is such, that is such a tough because I Bob feel Rock like did the same damn thing to Slipknot. Are you saying they're unforgiven? Uh, <laughs> or unforgiven? I, I feel yeah, like you without too, yeah. disrupting the show. <laughs> I feel like Hetfield became a better lyricist with that album moving forward you better seek and destroy that uh, uh, comment he just made <laughs> because i mean there's some you know some really great lyrics that have been now covered you know and songs that have been covered by other bands and and the covers are just as good and, and in many cases approved by metallica um, name one song after the black album it, well exactly that's when they sucked yeah, it was after the black that they, okay. they started turning more like King pop nothing. alternative or name one. Oh wait, good wait, wait, song. wait, wait. Say? Uh, no, Saint Anger, Saint Anger, oh, Saint Anger. Crap. Yeah. crap, 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 crap. Anyway, sorry to turn this into the Rolling Stones the podcast. So you decided to um, unlock the demons and stuff in your ultra religious family members. <laughs> well, no, just with Tasha's book of everything and all that crap. They got to get their Satan from somewhere. Let, let's be fair, Deb. This is probably your not so subtle dig at your sister for her beliefs. Eh, it's not. It's just, she's never going to hear this. No, it's not, but, kidding. Kidding. um, it is nice to, because like Liam, her oldest, mm-hmm. my oldest nephew is, he reads so like he devours books, loves reading books. And he read all the Harry Potters in like, a month like he and he is just absorbing 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 which is one of the main reasons why we got him the starter kit for D&D because he loves to read um, and he's really good at math and hello it's like perfect combination for that game yeah you know what I think happened I think his mom said eh, maybe you shouldn't read that yeah, I think that's what happened too to be honest <laughs> that sounds a lot like my niece and her mother <laughs> it's like my niece 
uh, was into a lot more science and math and stuff. And my sister has gone more the religious route. So, yeah, I get you. Do you want to burn in hell like your aunt? <laughs> yes, we got the cool music. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm excited. And I really do kind of hope that, like, they both ask to go to their local game store. Because that would be the best thing ever. That would be great. Yes. Encourage your children to be geeks. Did you warn them about nerd funk? No. <laughs> you want them to experience that yes. on, yeah. on their own. Everybody has to discover that on their own, on Matt. On their own. Absolutely. All right. I just wish that they could experience our local game store, our game store where she's over the tops of them with the Febreze going back and forth. Back and forth because that's an image. But mm-hmm. let's hilarious. let's be fair, Matt. If you'd even had been warned about it ahead of time, the first time you experienced it, it still would not have prepared you for it. Right? I don't experience it. No, he you haven't run smell, into it. His sense of smell. No. Is not good. Uh, yeah, it's a blessing. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's my very first con. It was like, what is that? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Same. And you then the next con, I'm like, just not, this is oddly it. familiar yet still <laughs> repulsive. <laughs> It so was in the you're Magic you're the like, Gathering room. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, oh, that funk. Oh. So it's like it's like a fire where you have to like get down on all fours, like crawling, crawling underneath the funk, like <laughs> towards the doorway and things like that. It doesn't yeah. rise; it just kind of floats there. Yes. It really does. Right at head level for everyone. Yes. Yeah. Neut- magic neut- like that. Neutral buoyant. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd funk is neutral buoyant. <laughs> There's okay. the title of the episode. Oh God, I like that. I like that. <laughs> I'm writing that Matt, down. what'd you do this week? Uh, so we went over to Major Mayor's place with uh, Professor Biggs, Kay, Mrs. Maple Leaf, and Rum Cake, and their, I guess, oldest son now. The other one's in the army. <laughs> now. Now. You're in the After army the accident. Now. <laughs> Lloyd, and we played, uh, what did we play? Salem. Salem, yeah, the social... Def- oh, uh, one of the book games that yes. we were talking about. Tell yes. me about Salem. It's like Secret... Have you played Secret Hitler? Yes. Werewolf? Yes. Inspired by uh, Witch Trials. Yes. I was going to say the, the play, Salem, and I the forgot Salem the play. The Salem Witch Trials? Yeah. Yes. So you play actual people from the time back in the day, and uh, it was talk- funny. Crucible? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they deal with the cards. Lewis, the whole thing, is like, I know who the witch is. It's you, you, and you. I had both witches cards. So there's two witches at the start of the game. But on a very rare occasion, one player can get both witches card, which is what happened to me. So I was the only witch. I threw him off the whole game. So we ended up winning. The witches won. That's right. Nice. It took a while. Eventually, I became a witch. Then eventually, Biggs became a witch. Yeah. <clears throat> Lots of witches. I knew it. Yeah. Witch old witch. But it was very funny because I get the card from him, and I'm like, oh, okay. I see. He's a witch. And then a little while later, I get another card from him, and I'm like, oh. Aha, because Paulette was on the other side of him. So she's a witch, too, because she must have given him the card. Yeah, no, no. Paulette yeah, so was. when night falls, the witches open their eyes, everyone else closes their eyes. You look around, and Paulette's got her eyes closed. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, and I'm like, Paulette must be a witch, even though I, I should know she's not. <laughs> and it was really funny because uh, our moderator, the person who's calling out to close your eyes, do this, do that, open your eyes, you know, uh, uh, Stephanie... Rum cake. She actually handled it well when she said, "Okay, witches, open your eyes." And only Matt opened his eyes. <laughs> yeah. Ninja. So Point pre- to someone to kill. And then obviously we played the old, old faithful, the original DC deck builder. Yep. Ha. So old, old faithful, faithful indeed. How yeah. many can you play on the original? 
five. Right? We yeah. play five. Yeah. We play five. 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 So that's all I did. Lloyd joined yeah. us for that yeah. one. That sounds great. I love social deduction <clears throat> games. Yeah. Because there's always a betrayer. But, and it's yeah, always you. Mm-hmm. No. Even when it isn't, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we did pick up Saboteur. Ooh, fun. The fun. actual, like... Sabotage. Saboteur. We picked up Saboteur, and we picked up uh, Abandon All Artichokes. Yes. Both the actual physical games. Play. We've played them both on... Board Game Arena. Yes. So I'm excited to play, like, in person some of these games. Love it. Saboteur, especially. Yes. Jeff, what'd you do this week? Actually... Oh, wait, wait. Roll on back. Roll I, on I back. put together some more AdMech. So All right, so the, the forge, the forges in my forge world are slowly. The machine spirits are coming alive. That's fantastic. So, so how many do you have together now? Two. <laughs> <laughs> do I need the other hand? No. About fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Right. On your way. Yes. How many more do you have to go? Like forty. Okay. That's all right. You're, it's, it's but, a I, start. but I but I play a horde army. So right. Yeah. I wish I didn't. Lots of troops, so it's what that means. Lots, lots and lots and troops. lots of troops. Yes. Yeah. Jeff's pulled out his notes, so everyone... I did pull out my notes. Uh, so everyone uh, buckle up. <clears throat> it's actually not that long a list. <laughs> well, hold um, on, hold on. What? What did you watch? <laughs> uh, I watched several things and listened to some things. Oh, okay. Wow. Because, wow. This, because this was on the lost episode, I thought I would, <laughs> I would bring it back up. Um, bring it on back? I, I, I finished Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the the PlayStation 5 slash Xbox version game. You were into uh, that. I remember yeah. coming out of the, like, the bedroom at yeah. like, 9, 9 in the morning. Yeah, that, that was the one he stayed playing. up like, all night uh, to play. That was, that's a one more turnitis game because every time you die, you're like, I was so close to beating that boss. That it's it literally is where you just set up your team and you have to utilize your team in just the right way to defeat them, and when you do find the the right combination of things to hit the boss with, it does go by like a lot quicker. Like like fin fang boom. Yeah. Oh, that was a nightmare. I must have oh, died God. like twenty yeah. times until I figured out. Oh, this is what I'm not doing right. I need yeah. to set these guys to go up and do this to weaken him, and then do this, that and it's like oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So uh, did beat that. Uh, I enjoyed the game. Um, it's definitely more of the comic book version, Guardians of the Galaxy, than the MCU. Even the the you know the character design. I should say the more recent, like twenty uh, first century version of Guardians, rather than the you know the, the previous 70s versions. Version. Yeah, the seventies version, which was just. What was your favorite character from that? Uh, from the game? Yeah. Honestly, I wasn't really a fan of any of the characters. They were all kind of annoying in their own way. Oh, what? Peter Quill was awful. Yeah, awful. Like, Lady Hellbender was great. Yeah, she was. She was fun, uh, especially for a you know villain slash ally slash villain again. I, I don't know how Whatever. you would call her. I but, still say uh, Rocket in that game is Barry and Gamora is Deb, through and through. Mm-hmm. Very, very possible. I can see it. Uh, so anyway, there's that. Um, I confess I never read Sandman. I know that was one of your favorites for for a long time, Todd, and you're you're a big Neil Neil Gaiman fan. Um, But Gaiman, Gaiman, excuse me, sorry, I was I you know was channeling the Neil Diamond thing, which you're also a fan of. But uh, (laughs) this is true, uh, Gaiman, Gaiman, Neil Diamond, Neil Diamond. But I thought I would I would watch Sandman, so I did watch the the first episode. Um, It was late, so I didn't get to watch another episode, but. it's very interesting. Um, the imagery, I guess, 
after I watched that episode, I went and watched one of the YouTube videos about you know the breakdown and and how it compares to the comic. And uh, image wise, it looked like it was pretty close. Um, I try not to get too much into it because they start talking about spoilers of other episodes. And since I've only watched the one, I didn't want to get too spoilerific in those. But uh, I'm gonna give um, I'm gonna give the the series a shot because I'm interested. Um, because so many people I know have read it and liked it, but um, I hadn't watched it, so or, or read it rather. So it has I'm, begun. Yeah, um, I did also go see uh, Bullet Train in the theaters. That's oh, the yeah. the Brad Pitt uh, vehicle that's based on a, um, a comic. I, I I don't know if it's a book book or a graphic novel, but it's based on a a piece of literature. Uh, I meant to look that up before the show and i totally was based but uh it's uh it was a fun it was a fun little movie i know the rotten tomato score is pretty low but like the audience score is like a 78 which is only reason what's your audience score uh i really enjoyed it i mean it's it's fun kind of a whodunit kind of thing but it's also a it's sprinkled with a lot of cameos i'm I'm hesitating to say (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm hesitant to say too much about the film because I don't want to give away if anybody's going to go see the film. I would like to go see it, but I don't um, care if you spoil it. So on a scale of, say, 1 to, I don't know, 100. Now let's make it interesting. 1 to 47. Ooh. 1 to 47? I'll give it a 45. Wow, wow. that's way yeah. up there. Yeah, I mean, it, it was enjoyable. Um, it's not a heavy thinker of a movie. Like, you're not just like, I don't know. See mostly like his sarcastic humor and action. Well, not I wouldn't even go so far as the the normal Brad Pitt sarcastic humor. I mean, there are sprinkles of that. That's a ninety five point seven. But uh, his his character. I mean, it's not a spoiler because it's in the the trailer. Um, his character is trying to make himself a better person, <laughs> so he's going to like therapy and stuff. He's talking about it while he's going through all these things on this train. So. Uh, so he's he's like, I really got to process this kind of stuff like that. So, uh, but well, he's not a killer though. That's the thing. It's I think that's misleading in the trailers that he's like an assassin or something. And and he flat out says it in the very beginning and throughout the film. He's like, I'm not an assassin. I'm a smash and grab guy. You know. So anyway, uh, I also watched uh, Prey on Hulu. That's the, the Predator. Uh, film. The Predator film. Uh, that's a that's a really interesting take on the predator i mean it's set 300 years uh it's basically 1719 i think is when the the film is set so it's set 300 years in the past uh i would say i mean story-wise it's 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 good and it's does focus on this native american tribe that is um basically being hunted by this predator um i would say without giving up too much um they do a pretty good job of not making it too futuristic although some of the special effects definitely you're like okay they could have gone with you know similar special effects to like the schwarzenegger one since it's supposed to be 300 years in the past yet some of these effects make the technology look far more advanced than we have seen in either Predator, Predator 2, or even Alien versus Predator, and it's supposed to be 300 years in the past. So well, I think some of that, I mean, audiences watching right now versus yeah. watching sure. the 90s would see it as, why'd they cheap out on that? 
Why didn't they just, you know, do it the way they can do it now? I know, but I always have that problem with prequels. When you make the prequels more advanced than... I mean, there are exceptions where they blend it well, like Strange New Worlds does a pretty good job of blending modern technology with the look and feel of the original series. But I think that has more to do with what they've been able to do with with Discovery. Yeah. And like making it more... I agree. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely worth a watch, especially if you like the Predator series. It's not as cheesy as some of the other sequels, so um, it's a lot more serious film. And uh, kudos to them for getting a predominantly Native American cast. Um, and everybody that's in there is fantastic. I mean, the, the acting is just superb. So, um, Kay, you watched her, didn't you? Yes, I did. What's your thoughts? That's what I was laughing because they kind of watched it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Steve and I did a DVD night with the infamous Vernon Wilmer. Which oh means no! Lots of drinking was involved, and Vernon. So he hated it all the Vernon way through, right? Was deep in his well. He was deep in his cups, and he was. He David Attenborough the whole film. Yes, he uh. he literally twenty seconds couldn't go by that he couldn't talk. And it was really funny because after a while, his main refrain was, why are they doing that? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's like, well, you talked over the, yeah, yeah. but it should make sense. And I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Oh, Every, I would everything. Oh, oh, oh. And he's, Todd? yeah, because every, he's right. Because everything is set up like in the, if you yes. pay attention to the dialogue. Yes. Um, you do have to watch closely too, because a lot of it is shot with the setting at night. And so it is very dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you've got a 4K TV with HDR, you're probably not going to see some of the subtle, like my standard uh, high def tef- television. I mean, there's there was scenes where I'm just yeah. sitting there and I'm like, I can barely tell what's going on. Yeah, you and you had to pay attention, and yeah. you just you mm-hmm. know every every three minutes, you know that's a that's a that's a berserker predator. There's a lot of callbacks in it, and like, and Steve is just ah, oh, and it was really funny. We took a pee break and. Uh, while uh, Steve and I are heading off to different bathrooms, he says, oh, by the way, the next time we're going to watch something, if it's something we've never seen before, no. <laughs> no Vernon allowed? Uh, well, yeah. NVA. Yeah, because it was, it was just, it was hilarious. I signed an so, NVA. So that's it. That's it then? He's done watching all new movies? It's With only Vernon. old movies for him? Well, With n- Vernon. It was, he said, well, th- this is also the other Vernon thing, because he said, eh, it, was, it wasn't bad. I want to wait a week for him to get into the YouTube hater rabbit hole and mm, see how yeah. it comes out of it. Um, but, uh, it, oh, it was, sometimes it was just so, we sat there and he's a step, we established the date. It comes out, we're like, oh, 1719. And then 30 minutes later when uh, shows up, he's like, well, wait a minute, what's the date for this? Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's funny because I would just be sitting there and I'd hear from next to me where Steve's sitting. <laughs> so that and that and funny stuff like uh, uh, mentioning uh, technology and stuff. They did a couple drone overhead shots, which is becoming popular now. And Vernon's just like, they didn't have drones back then. No, you're kidding, me. <laughs> dude. It's they didn't it's have the filming dude, cameras. Yeah, either. they're they're just they're just yeah. Not but you, you should you should be on the the level of. The, and it was just like ah, oh, you're just in that mood, aren't you? It was funny. Drone shots are fun. I yeah. I there was a it lot was of- it was a lost episode. That, uh, I brought up the Gray Man, which uh, yeah. Oh, yeah part of too. my fascination yeah. with that film was the way that it was shot yes. because mm-hmm. the cinematography 
they did a really cool blend of static camera with drone camera mm. and they did some really pretty amazing drone shots like yes, they did. where the drone is moving and moving pretty quickly yes. and moving in and out of great set pieces stuff. yeah great it's it mean, just from a visual standpoint check and out prey the prey is man. gorgeous yeah. gorgeous such gorgeous location yeah. shooting Holy mackerel! Yeah, but Vernon didn't like it. So I don't know if I can watch actually, it. Actually, actually, dude, there Did was they one where they shot it. Like, uh, was it I, I didn't. Look. I would have to look oh, it up. Yeah, okay. um, there's, there's one scene. It's a beautiful scene overlooking a canyon, just mm-hmm. overgrown and everything. And Vernon's like, "Oh, that's pretty nice. Too bad it's all CG." It's like Vernon, shut up. <laughs> but it was, uh, dude. It was. It's really funny. One criticism <laughs> I read from one person was, "Oh, come on, guys, put a little film grain in there. It was so sharp." And their argument was kind of like Vernon. It's like, if you're going to do a kind of period piece like that, you want to... And it's like, what? what? I, I liked it. Yeah. There, there were tons. There was tons of stuff that was in crystal clear blue sky yeah. sunlight. And it looked it looked gorgeous. I if mean, they did him, some really good rack focus shots, too, yes. where you're like, yes. you know, being drawn into the... You know what's mm-hmm. the important part of the scene? Yeah. Does this only happen when he's been drinking? Yes. And is there a point where you could get him drunk enough that he, it, 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 you pass through that? It's called passing out. Yeah, that's when he passes oh, out. Yeah. Okay. That's when we take the pictures of him uh, passed out on the floor yeah. at uh, Francine. Like where he's like, okay. this is pretty good. Well, you know, eventually so you get a just, second of it, he and just then he'll never down. admit that he said that. Yeah. So, so the film was it was filmed in Calgary. Ah, that makes sense. In Canada, you got to be Canada. kidding me. Nothing oh good comes God. from Canada. It was. It says it was actually shot on Stony Nakoda land, so it was on a mm. Native American tribe's yeah. land. Oh, it's just it's gorgeous. Cool. Amber Mid Thunder yep. was great. Yeah, she did. You know, because not to not to fall into anti woke speech, but there are times when there are female protagonists put into these action roles that you're. There's, it's sort of like. That's All just right. the token. I'm know. gonna suspend my disbelief a little bit here, and like uh, Michelle Rodriguez and a lot of that stuff <clears throat> in anything. But uh, I'm not. I'm. You, you didn't do that here. Yeah, no. she was great. Yeah, she was great. There's also another thing I'll comment on off mic. But um, <laughs> she was. Uh, why, she why probably, bring it up? probably spoilers. <laughs> yes. Well, why are we? Oh, spoilery. Okay, don't be spoiler. Yeah. But uh, anyway. Um, yeah, the dog was damn good. Somebody yeah. posted a meme, this year's best supporting actor, right? <laughs> and it was. And yeah. That dog was pretty damn good. So the, the whole thing overall was, yeah, I really, really, uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think best Predator sequel. I think it's... Really? That's my, that's my yeah. placement. I don't know, man. A lot of people hated the Adrian Brody one, but I liked it. That were there on like the game reserve. Predators. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. planet that they're on. There was just, some weird just, planet. Just take that out of the whole Predator lineup. It's it's its own movie. That's, there you go. Well, and somebody, a lot of people have been saying, guys, this is it. This is your formula. This is what you need to do. Stop with all the funky <laughs> stories. Just do, all right, this is One-offs. Predator yeah. against American, you know, um, <clears throat> Native Americans. Assassin's this is, Creed, basically. You know, yeah. Just, you know, this is Predator against Vikings. This is just, just do that. Yeah. Just do that. Just do that. Quit, do quit that. trying to get jiggy with it. Do that. Do that. Na 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 na. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the only thing I'll bring up for mine is. Uh, it's it's been a while since we've while. all been in the same room, right? Uh, a couple weeks ago, I had to miss one, and then you, Deb and Barry, missed last week. Uh, 
during the show that I was not on, I was I was waiting to hear what Barry did that week because I know what Barry did that week, <laughs> and Barry didn't bring up what he did that what? week. It's almost like he was ashamed, right? Because uh, Barry and I mm. played Dune Imperium oh. that week. Ding ding! I didn't bring that ding, up. Ding. No. Ding, oh, ding. we Shame. played Dune Imperium. Shame. Sorry. Shame. <laughs> it was cut for time. It was the first time uh-huh. I played Dune Imperium. <laughs> And uh, oh, first time, yeah, first time, first ever. time with the rules, it's, first it's, time with the game, yeah, yeah. He had oh. to give me a little teach. Oh, he had to teach you, yeah, yeah. This, oh. is, this is the one that you bought him, right? Yes. Right, right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. The so student has become now, the now Barry, player. Barry had played before. With me. Right? Yes, yes, with me. There you go. Yeah. So Barry had experience. Sure, it's right, right. You had no experience. No experience. Okay. No, not Wor- in this game. A worker placement game. But it was pretty close, actually. But he he won. Yeah. All right. Now worker placement game ends. And Barry was making such a big deal how money is not really worth anything in the game. Mm-hmm. And I proceeded to beat him with money. With money. Yeah. Money. Because yeah. he had like a thing that could beat me with money. <laughs> you mean he got the good, he got the cards that worked with what he was doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh. rough game. Well, he taught you so well, you beat him. The circle is now complete. Right. The I ha- student I- is now the master. I, ha- I couldn't have a better teacher because he then taught me Dungeon Drop. Oh, Dungeon yeah. Drop. Where you we drop all these dice and you have to kind of create this uh, oh, triangle. Oh, the gems. Yeah. 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 Create yeah. a triangle yeah. and everything within that triangle, mm. whether it's monsters or treasure, you then have to com- compute to whether you have enough life left afterwards that you get to keep the treasure afterwards mm. and so on and uh, beat him twice. Oh, yeah. twice. Yeah. Did so you t- he taught you that one? He taught one? me that. Oh, yes. okay. Wow, yeah. Barry, you're, you're a great teacher. You are. A, you are. You're the Kenobi. You're yeah. the Yoda. I will accept this even though it is sarcastic <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> it's, but, but it was no, really... No, of course not. It was really Dude Imperium that, that, that just... Mm. Uh, well, Barry loves Dune. He does. He's a dune head. Right. And I he do. loves board games. I yeah. do. And i just not good at that one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun, clearly. I had a great time. I I, I, someone who played a Ferengi, just being like, money, or, money isn't worth, worth anything. I don't care about it. Uh, it's, okay. It, unless you have the very specific card set that it really money isn't. money isn't worth a lot after the beginning of the game. Because you buy up all the shit you need, and then you need other resources to do most things. It just so happened that he had the particular card set where, oh, I guess. And he pulls it out like fucking Columbo. Mm. Um, one other thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, old, that old chestnut. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like freaking Le- Liam Neeson in Taken. He's like, I have a specific skill set. No, I'm, I'm going to go with Columbo. <laughs> on that one. Yeah. I've got a very, very specific set of cards. And when I pull out these cards... And all the money's going to be worth All the money's going to be worth money. money. As Alex Jones would say, I had my Perry Mason moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that guy. Fuck that guy. <laughs> so, Dune Imperium. And there is a... Uh, there's another Dune game that yes. you own. We haven't played it yet. No, we haven't yet. It's still... Sh- we haven't played it yet. <laughs> all right. Well... <laughs> Like, oh. So there. Well, that that solves that question. The spice is not flowing. <sighs> what else you do, Kay? Me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, have a list, folks. Uh, yeah, I have a list actually. Um, I watched Phil Tippett's Mad God. What's that? Apparently, right around the time they were doing the first Jurassic Park, Phil Tippett had started on a vanity uh, stop motion project. Should I know who Phil Tippett is? Special effects dude. 
Okay. He, um, he is a stop motion animator extraordinaire. Yes. Fact, he learned from Ray Harryhausen. He learned from correctly. the man yeah. who learned from the other man. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> he had actually started on this project, and uh, he was the one who came up with Go Motion, which is the stop motion variant that looks better than stop motion animation. Right when CGI came into it, and they were going with his dinosaurs until Spielberg saw the CGI dinosaurs, and then he's like, I'm sorry, Phil. We're not going with Go Motion. So he kind of he kind of petered out on his little pet project. Well, he did a, he's worked on it, toyed with it, on and off for 30 years, and then he did a crowdfundme a couple years ago, 2017 maybe, uh, and got the money to finish it. <clears throat> And it's very much like a film grad student's movie <laughs> that, that was made with plenty of time and, and some good money. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it is, it's weird. There's really not much of a story. Um, but it's it, THX. Okay. Yeah, it's this very... Isn't a, this isn't a great... Uh, this isn't something I, I'm interested in, in, in well, looking I'm, at the way you're talking about well, it. I wasn't talking about it to interest you. Oh, okay. It's some You're great not building it up, man. It's some great uh, yeah, 3D the tr- animation. It's the Charles Atlas seal of approval. Yeah, some great 3D. Uh, 3D. Uh, it's some great stop motion animation. Um, it's just it's weird. It's weird. It's psychedelic, bizarre, weird. So have you seen it, Jeff? You saw it? Uh, I have not seen. I'm I'm aware of its existence. Yeah. I just haven't seen okay. it. So it's bizarre. Mad God. Yes. Phil Tippett's Mad God. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of psychedelic. <laughs> I also subjected Steve to Mandy, starring Nicolas Cage. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow, that's a fucking weird one. I don't know that one. Oh, my God, dude. That's the the couple in the woods in the cabin trope, and a bunch of psychos come across them. But there's heavy psychedelic... I like psychedelic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Dolly... Kind of psychedelic. There, I invented that. I just made it TM. Um, psychedelic drug references. There's there's moments when people are in the midst of a trip, and stuff is happening, and uh, it's a it's a revenge tale. Uh, guess who's doing the revenge? Um, and it it's also pretty weird. A little bit more straightforward as a narrative, <laughs> but still pretty weird. I had a pretty psychedelic week actually so i've never done drugs but now i know uh now i know what it was like for barry to watch phantom menace so (laughs) yep so it but it is interesting it is interesting and and then frankly uh cage is good gotta love cage it's just whatever he's doing he's doing it well so no matter how well everything else is going on around him in the movie i saw the gray man uh jeff d mentioned it that one's nice uh uh, I enjoyed the action. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Evans as a bad guy, very cool, very fun. He is good as a bad guy, isn't yes, he? Uh, yeah, he, he totally. Yeah, he totally hits the now. douche bro yeah. mm-hmm. villain. Yes, totally hits it, nails it. Um, the, the thing that it and it, it's very not quite, uh, but kind of John Wickish in its fight yeah. choreography, but it's also kind of burn movies in its uh, underlying plot narrative. Anna de Armas is amazing in it as well. Yes, yes. Oh, she's great. Yeah, not your... 
I when when she first popped in, I'm like, here we go, your your stereotypical damsel in distress kind of thing. Yeah, no, and no. they completely flipped that. And a nice, uh, just like I uh, mentioned before, uh, Deb uh, helped me comment on. She as an action uh, female protagonist uh, comes across as a somewhat convincing. Yeah. So I I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, because um, I always hate when they do that with some female characters, make them be successful but somewhat. Uh, like a novice, and they they have they, some things to learn. She was there's weird stuff. She yeah, was super competent. They, she, they make she them knew her super stuff. competent. Yeah. but then they have to throw in something so yes. he can be rescued. And in fact, Gosling yep. Gosling even says at one point in the movie, he's even like, she's like, "Are you okay?" And he's like, "Well, I, my my ego's bruised. I yeah, mean, just once, I'd like to rescue you." Yeah, exactly. So so it yeah, it's not one of your typical. For movie score heads, I'm going to say it's pretty amazing because the soundtrack references uh, 60s and 70s Bond scoring a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. A lot. And it's actually pretty cool. Pretty cool modern interpretations of that. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, so uh, Grain Man. Um, catching up on Primal, the car, uh, uh, Tartakovsky cartoon it's funny because it started off as a caveman dinosaur and it's slowly moving into it seems like sword and sorcery territory it's the the creatures are starting to get a little more weird and not just dinosaurish so i'm interested in seeing where that goes i'm still in the first season because i i've heard they really ramp it up in the second season in turn in those terms now where are you watching this Hmm? Where are you watching this? Primal? Mm-hmm. HBO Max? Okay. So get it before it's canceled. Yeah, right. Um, before it's merged to Discovery Plus. Yep. Steve yeah. uh, strong-armed me into uh, binging, finishing Strange New Worlds. Ah. And um, I love it. Yeah. I may love it. It may be my favorite Trek fran- uh, uh, show since the original series. It's definitely right up there next to DS9. <sighs> Uh, my one of my hot takes is I think overall from in terms of from stem to stern in terms of from the the lowest to right on high I think it's one of it may be the strongest cast in decades the cast is very strong on all levels yeah. yes there is there's no one in there who is obviously was cast for a look only or this everybody Everybody is strong, and everybody's good. And I'm liking the episodic one-episode thing. Um, I'm, um, I'm loving Anson Mount. Oh, that, that, that hair has to be... <laughs> that needs to be you know, hit with a phaser on stun. Uh, but uh, I'm loving everybody in it, actually. I think, I think uh, the whole thing's going well. I like, I like uh, how Peck is uh, playing Spock. I think he's doing... He's brilliant. Yeah, he yes. really is. Oh, he yeah. really is. And uh, it's really funny because um, Steve made me watch the Comic-Con uh, Star Trek panel. And <laughs> apparently, uh, at the end, they did Strange New Worlds last, uh, Jack Quaid, and I-, I can't remember her name, the... Uh, the, the Tawny one, Newsom. Tawny Newsom come up. And uh, revealed that lower decks. Yes, from lower decks, there will be a strange new world's lower decks crossover. <gasps> and they've been very vague about how it's going to work. Tommy and Jack are probably going to show up live action. Oh, oh and it looks oh, like there will be an animated Pike. 
in Lower Decks. <laughs> so, so they're going into the future. Well, the next yeah. season's coming out soon, right. isn't it? Like right. September? And I'm not, I'm not, I don't put Prodigy and Lower Decks, you know, in that same category with them when I talk about the cast and all. I love the hell out of Lower Decks. I, I think they're just going along phenomenal. So that's just a crazy bit of uh, fun that I'm looking forward to as well. That's just insane. So uh, Steve strong-armed me into watching The Great Race. Oh, God. <laughs> so I watched The Great Race. He's been trying to get you to do that for a while. Oh, now. God. Well, I'm oh glad my. it's finally over. Yes, it is. It's done. Andy now can just be happy or whatever it is that, you know. He gets from that, but it, I mean, it was, it's, it's a, Blake Edwards hit it with uh, Pink Panther, uh, and I think Edwards was a great comic director, but I think Sellers and him with Pink Panther really just created the, its own thing. So they this were wasn't. definitely a good creative team. This wasn't, this wasn't, you know, on that kind of level. Um, it was it was a funny for its time type of movie. One of the, the things though that stood out to me was Tony Curtis's athleticism. I knew that he was an athlete. I knew that he was actually a, a very physical, um, uh, uh, proficient actor. He 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 did a lot of stuff. But there was stuff in here that uh, even our actors today are not going to do without wire work. And stuff like that so oh, okay. but um yes i saw the movie so yay <laughs> but there you go i'm glad you watched yeah it. so i did a lot of movie catching up nice one thing i wanted to bring up i totally forgot about in sandman so the, the actor that plays the main bad guy the son forgetting his name in the comics i mean in the show but it's the the actor who plays this character and is a bad guy is the guy who played the dad, the Weasley dad from Harry Potter. Oh, wow. And so it's so weird for me, because that's all I see when I see him. Of course. Is Mm. Mr. Weasley. And he is playing this, like, half-crazy, just insane person who doesn't mind, you know, killing people is like having a cup of tea in the morning. It is what it is. and That's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's weird, but it's cool at the same time, so. Wait, a nice way to exploit that. I, it, right. it's, it's funny because, like, Dudley? I can't see Dudley. I can't see Dudley in anything he does that is not Potter. In fact, I didn't even know it was him in a couple of movies. And people are like, you know who that is? It was funny watching him in Queen's Gambit. Yes. Because he's got these predator eyes that are <laughs> yes. close together. And, and then he's starring opposite, what's her face? And her, her eyes are too far apart. Too yes. far apart. Like prey. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah. It, it, yeah, but anyway, the Geek Shock Book Club. Well, it's Graphic Novel Month for Geek Shock Book Club, Ooh. so we're reading a nice house on the lake uh, by James Tinian the Fourth. That is part of the DC Black line. That is basically what Vertigo became. So it's part of uh, DC's spooky, creepy stuff. So that is uh, discussions. I think have already opened up. So uh, join us when you would like to. Uh, so uh, you know, time to turn us over, to Deb. What time is it? It's time for news you don't give a shit about. No. Triumph. With the video game movie curse seemingly broken by Sonic the Hedgehog and its recent sequel, another digital icon is hoping to make it big at the box office. New video game movie. Please be Cubert. 
That'd be great. I wouldn't it? The Hollywood Reporter Holy. brings word that a live-action film centered around the pellet-eating Pac-Man is currently in development. <laughs> oh okay, not that one. What? <laughs> what? The what? movie is based on an original story from Sonic associate producer Chuck Williams, who was set to produce oh the feature alongside, alongside Tim Kwok on behalf of Lightbeam Entertainment. Specific plot details are currently unknown. What? No deep plot for Pac-Man? Did you say live-action? Yes. Live action. Please let it be one of those god awful like suits and not a CG character, so that they have one of those <laughs> weird, awkward, like, like, a, like foam a, latex, like a two person horse costume kind of, thing. or just yeah. a hungry guy wearing yellow. Yeah, well, it, it's there's, there's a <laughs> it guy goes to a pizza restaurant. What's his name? Or uh, goes to a Dippin' Dots, like <laughs> like they're doing with the uh, the Winnie the Pooh with the 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 weird. Uh, live mm. action. Mm. You, you've seen the pictures on the internet right now, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. That kind of a costume. Make it so bizarre that it's just laughable. Somehow I don't think that's... that's I good. know that's no. not what's going to happen. They've already got the live action Pac-Man. There's it's going to be a CG character mixed in with live actors. You just know it. Oh, like is it going to be a horror film? Because there's ghosts <laughs> and eating Technically, I guess could be like the thing from the Langoliers, yeah. you know. Because <laughs> there's a there's a, a French uh, prankster, television prankster, who one of his gags is frequently to do uh, Pac-Man chases through the public. I I accept your premise. Yeah, and uh, they'll do things like go through, um, <clears throat> go through stores, and they're just running around chasing. And then at some point, there's an audio cue, and they turn around the chase, and then it's all about dodging security as security is t- uh, uh, it's the real chasing game. them down. Real game. There's one guy who goes, one time he goes out, and he uh, interferes with a golf game, and he just comes running by, picks, up, picks up a golf ball, and he starts running away, and the, <laughs> and the guy just chases after him and, and hits him wow. with the golf club. Maybe that's what it is. <clears throat> Maybe it's... What the fuck was that? That was me accidentally hitting the microphone. <laughs> She's very animated tonight. <laughs> Maybe it's the story of those guys, but one of them like trips and dies or something, and, and then the rest, up. the rest of them cover it up, and it becomes like this murder mystery type there of thing. Go. I, what could the plot possibly legitimately be? I, I could get behind a Jackass Presents Pac-Man. <laughs> 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 There's more to this, right, Dad? Yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> to date, the largemouth maze-traversing and ghost-evading character owned by Bandai Namco Entertainment has enjoyed appearances in gaming and or nostalgia-based movies like Wreck-It Ralph, Pixels, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and Relaxer. Famous for his trademark, Waka Waka Wait, Waka. What was that last one? Relaxer? And Relaxer. What the hell's Relaxer? I don't know. Isn't that a thing for hair? No clue. I mean, yes, but not the same thing. <laughs> you know, I make that joke, and you guys would be like, stop, Kirsten. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Because it's you. Famous for his trademark, Waka Waka Waka. Oh, do the- that again. Waka Waka Waka. Thank you. That was more of a Fozzie Waka. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds more Fozzie. Waka Waka Waka. <laughs> We're experts in this. I also want to point out before you continue that that first that sentence that you just said, that really long sentence... Torgo could have never gotten through that without fucking it up three times. You're so right. Kudos. Thank you. Absolutely right. He would have hit Waka Waka and been all like, Bang, Bang, Gang, 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 Gang,
The chomp happy Pac-Man appeared in animated television shows aired by ABC, Hanna-Barbera, in late in the early 1980s, and Disney XD, Pac-Man, and the Ghostly Adventures. Disney the XD! The X yes. stands for extra. The D stands for dick. Toru Watani, um, is, who's the guy who actually created Pac-Man, admitted that he never expected the simple creation to take off as much as it did. The game didn't really have anything in there that would have that would leave a strong impression. <laughs> that yeah. would, that would offer a plot point. Mm, yeah. Oh, shit, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. He goes on to say, I didn't think players overseas who sought thrills and excitement from games would like it. Well, hmm. that... I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> well, I had to I look made it. the game. I didn't think people would like it, though. Yeah. I had to look it up. Relaxer is a movie. It's on Prime Video, and that's pretty much all I can tell from here. Okay, so we know if, Prime. It exists. Okay. So if Relaxer you want to torture exists. yourself to, to, to let us know what the movie's about. It might be a C movie or a uh, D yeah. movie, even. It certainly sounds like a D movie. Mm. Yeah. I didn't recognize most of the cast as I was scrolling through it, so then I just gave up. <laughs> But yeah, we know Pac-Man's in it. And if it was B, they would have at least one actor that yes. you recognize the name. So. Yes. Probably one, one of those movies where you, you're scrolling past page five or six in Hulu. One high B-list actor. Yep. Well, let, let that be your palate cleanser in your next Amityville run. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's sort of a sorbet. <laughs> what could this movie possibly well, be about? I like how Let's this is Kelly. Say that into your mic, Barry, so I, that we can hear you. I'm just like thinking to myself, what could this movie possibly, possibly Do you remember be about? When they mentioned that they were going to be making a movie about Rock'em Sock'em Robots, and all of us were like, what kind of movie would that be? That's a real steal. Yeah. But yeah. they managed to actually make it an okay movie. So maybe there there's go. hope for Pac-Man. I, I mean, don't know. I had no idea what Sonic was going to be about, but I actually enjoyed it. I, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to see the sequel, but I, the first one I really enjoyed. I think it's going to be a remake of the Lardass story from Stand by Me. Oh no! But with Pac-Man <laughs> as Lardass and the ghosts as all the other pie eaters. Yeah. See, and I think it's going to be a ghost hunter story, and the main character is a ghost hunter who graduated from a university in the Pacific Athletic Conference. No, he gets Pac, cursed. Pac-10. He gets really? cursed by yeah. a dark sorcerer and turned into a cartoon character. There you go. I'm just gonna go with fat guy in a yellow suit. <laughs> fat no, see, guy so you take in a yellow what Kirsten started suit. with. He's a ghost hunter. He's hunting the ghosts, and then he gets cursed by a dark sorcerer and becomes a cartoon character. There you go. That guy, yellow suit. I just wrote the movie. That fucking go. guy. It's probably better than what the movie's going <laughs> to be. Wow. Well. News you don't give a shit about. Oh, it's still, mm. still, it's still, oh, it's still going. A chess-playing robot, apparently Ooh. unsettled by the quick responses of a seven-year-old boy, grabbed and broke his finger during a match <laughs> at the Moscow Open. Did, 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 did you train this yeah. robot? <laughs> Listen, this is news I care about. What is this doing in here? The robot called the Todd 9000. Hey, hey, I don't <laughs> train children's child. fingers. Did, did it flip the table, too, like you always threatened? <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Take that kid. The robot it- broke the child's finger. Sergei Le- Lazarev, president of the Moscow Chess Federation, told the TASS news agency, this is, of course, bad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that clarification, I'm Sergei. Glad. I, for one, welcome our new robot overlords. <laughs> is this it? Is this, is this the... The line where the, the first injury from from a robot and then and all the rest of the robots are going to rebel now? purposeful 
See, that's that's the line, right? It, because it, I bet you there's been injuries from robots accidentally before. It this was, was an accident. This was the day that Skynet became self-aware. <laughs> let me, let me, you, let me you, finish. You say it's an accident. You say. I don't believe you. <laughs> the robot appeared. Bro, you know what happened? Wait, wait. You know what happened? The kid was like, man, you're supposed to be really smart. What the hell is this? Uh, Pawn takes queen, you stupid fucking. Oh, yeah, Chris. No, that's what happened. The robot appeared to pounce <laughs> after wow! it took. Wow! Please continue. After it took one of the boy's pieces, <laughs> rather than waiting for the machine to complete its move, the boy opted for a quick rep- repose. The machine opted for retaliation. <laughs> the seven-year-old whose finger was put in a plaster cast played the next day, finished the tournament, and volunteers helped to record the moves. While robots are becoming more and more sophisticated, they never know nor care if people get in the way. See, this is bullshit. I do care about this story. That's what I said. A lot. And, and kudos to that kid. His finger got broken, and he came right back. Kudos this was to the that moment robot this guy that became self-aware. Kudos to the robot for not putting up with his shit. <laughs> for the robot here. Uh, yeah, chess etiquette. You gotta wait until... Was, yeah. was the robot yeah. named Bender Bending Rodriguez? It doesn't say. Oh, okay. Todd 9000. You know who that kid was? He was that kid that runs up next to you when you're bowling. Oh, yeah. And he, he just bowls. And gets smacked in the mouth of the ball and you're just like, oh my God, where'd you come from? Yeah. While yeah. you're smiling. You deserved it, kid. Yeah. That kid. Yeah. Screw that kid. Yeah. Good on you, robot. We're in agreement on this. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. Or the kid that's running around the restaurant while you're carrying plates of food and you're just trying to go, oh my God, please don't let me fall. Oh, they Wait. need to go straight to hell. Yeah, yeah. Like, Where's the robot in that situation? Yeah. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me go put my Terminator shades on. <laughs> oh, his relaxer shades. <laughs> I am the relaxer. Uh, okay, so that's it. Yes. No more? Nope. That's oh, an awesome story. No I love that story. <laughs> I, 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 I love, love that. It. Oh, God. Weekend geek. Hooray. You got to follow up that story. Good luck. Yeah, all baby. Right, right. That's uh, well. We have a sponsor first of all. That sponsor, Uh-oh. Jake, used a sponsorship. If you join us on our Kofi level, I think it's four and above. You get a sponsorship every month, and Jake has chosen his to say. This is brought to you by Fact Check Andy's high quality ball sweat. Good use of your <laughs> of your sponsorship, Jake. There you go. <laughs> when you need to remove that paint. <laughs> Oh. Out of CLR, just call Andy. Drag his ball sack right along that rust line; it'll be gone. Spout to your to your shower is just no. clogged up. I really don't need any of these mental. Andy's ball sweat, not to be used on exposed Too skin. Too late. Rusty chain link fence, just call. Please wear gloves. <laughs> Only use, and that's from Andy. <laughs> Only use in an area with open air. By the way, well yes. ventilated. I did find a a quick synopsis of the movie Relaxer. Oh, okay. okay. Give it to me. Doom and gloom are on the way as Y2K apocalypse can't be stopped. As as the Y2K apocalypse can't be stopped. Okay. Abby's older brother issues him the ultimate challenge before it goes down. Beat the infamous level 256 in Pac-Man and not getting up from the couch until he does so. That's a stupid movie. <laughs> what the, I'm not watching that. That's 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 the plot. That's thank, the plot. Thank you, sir, for subjecting us to that. Yeah. Yes. Well, no, I just saved you about a couple hours, probably an hour and a half. I wasn't going to watch it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you were curious. I could, I could have lived in blissful ignorance. Yep. Nope. Like uh, not knowing about Andy's ball sweat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I could have not ever heard that. 
Yeah. I've been happy. Marvel had a 90-minute presentation at Comic-Con's Hall H that was full of reveals, including a detailed breakdown of the future of the MCU. We learned that Fantastic Four is official and will kick off Phase 6, while two Avengers films, Avengers The Kang Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars, will cap the multiverse saga. Marvel Studios President Kevin Feige said that just just about everything he'd announced for Phase 4 had already been released in theaters or on Disney+. Plus. Phase 4, he said, was about resetting the MCU and meeting all these new characters, unquote. Uh, characters like Shang-Chi, The Eternals, Ms. Marvel, Moon Knight, and, and more. Phase 5 does not feature too many of the MCU's newcomers, or at least not in headlining roles. Well, at least not yet. Uh, here, in order of release, are the announced movies and shows in MCU's Phase 5. It's going to kick off with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania on February 17th, 2023, followed by Secret Invasion on Disney+, Plus, then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in May, Echo on Disney+, Plus that summer, as well as Loki Season 2, then The Marvels on July 28th, then Blade on November 3rd, and sometime in the fall, Disney+, Plus will release Ironheart. Uh, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, will be in the winter of 2023, and then Daredevil Born Again, on Disney Plus in 2024, followed by Captain America New World Order, and finishing off with Thunderbolts July 18th, 2024. Uh, additionally, uh, Fige announced that the first three films in Phase 6, Phase. declaring that Phases 4, 5, and 6 would collectively be known as the Multiverse Saga. Uh, the announced movies in Phase 6 are Fantastic Four, Avengers Kang Dynasty, then uh, Shang-Chi's Destin Cretton has signed on to direct that. Uh, and then, of course, Avengers Secret Wars, May 7th, 2025. Where's so. Black Panther and all that? The new, the, the next Black Wakanda Panther. Forever? Yeah. I'm, I mean, it's in the timeline, but I don't think it's part of the main storyline, is it? Uh, it's got its own it's movie. Probably not, not in those phases. Maybe it's phase five. All right. They I did s- announce it. I don't even know what phase we're in. I don't know anything about Ironheart or Thunderbolts in this whole thing. What, what are those... Iron Ironheart is a girl who takes over for Tony Stark as Iron Man. Okay. And Thunderbolts is Harry Osborn puts together a team of, wait for it, supervillains. And in, in the comics, they actually substitute uh, for the Avengers. Okay. Um, but I don't know what the Thunderbolts... Uh, movie will be because in the comics they substitute for the avengers and then eventually it gets revealed that uh osborne has his own nefarious plans and then the thunderbolts are kind of revealed as being bad guys and then they're sort of kind of good guys and then you know there's tension because do we want to be good do we want to be bad and Mm. that's a real real loose summary and they're led by baron zemo which Uh, they've already introduced so it's sort of in, in, in some ways, it could be Marvel's Suicide Squad, but we'll see what, how the story goes. Was Moonstone gotcha. part of the... Yes. She okay. was the Ms. Marvel substitute when they were substituting as the Avengers. I, I seem to remember reading uh, Marvel Comics at the time when uh, I think they crossed over with, with Black Knight at some point. Black, Black Knight was part of Thunderbolts at one point. Give me your money. Yeah. Okay, so we'll so. probably bring him in. And the question in, in I have is... Issue 995. 
Okay, uh, not gonna help me. But um, well, they they introduced him too, right? In the extra credit scene, I thought. Yeah, the they did way. of the Eternals. The sword, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kit Harrington, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, who asked for an Echo series? Was she ever a popular character? Every time I go to the comic store, well, for years when I was reading the Buffy comics, I always saw that one. I was like, I really think I should read this one. Well, so I mean, something that looked like it would interest me. It made sense that they would spin it off of the, the Hawkeye series because, I mean, that was uh, a good character in that People series. People talked about it. Yeah. People talked about her. I just don't ever remember that being a popular character for the comics. Well, neither was Guardians of the Galaxy, but yeah. that didn't stop that. Boom. Yeah. And Boom. look at how popular it is. Well, Bam. they had to do something with Marvel Cosmic. There's so much weird shit out there. Yeah, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy kind of wrapped it all up, which is kind of nice. I just don't remember asking for an Echo series. I don't think anyone asked you. Yeah, anyway. they should. <laughs> Kevin Feige, I went to Barry Rob. What do you think of the? If Echo? they asked you, well, Barry, we wouldn't have had the MCU at all. <laughs> Why? Because you hate everything. <laughs> ah, I don't hate everything. Yes, you do. Ah, not everything. <laughs> you, you, are, you are our substipole. Does anyone want to guess how our car ride from California, which is like a six-hour drive, oh, went no. on Sunday? Oh, my. Uh-oh. You fought I, over I, the music. Did he? Well, did he? So we have a, we have a, a very yes, staunch no, rule. picks the music, right? Yes. Shotgun shuts his cake hole. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is a I rule. I like that version of that. Yeah. Like it's from Supernatural. Okay. Anyway. I was trying to be nice and decided not to subject him to my music while I was driving. Oh, boy. And it was like pulling teeth trying to get him to agree to listen to anything. Oh. Wait a minute. What happened station. to a cake hole being shut? Yeah. I was trying to be nice. Oh, that's your Six-hour drive. And was I nice to you on the way out? Well, you let me just put on music and I fell asleep for half the ride. So that's not uh, my fault yeah. for me not changing the station. You put on music that I... Didn't hate, and I'm like, all right, I'll just get into a nice trance yes, but then and drive he all the way there. Skipping so many on my Pandora station, it stopped letting you skip songs because uh-huh. uh-huh. they sucked. What What was the station based on? It was techno. Oh, okay, but not all techno is good techno. Okay, I agree with that statement. But anyway, yes, that's so like picky. Discord stops me from raiding. Eventually, like I want to click on a happy face or a laughy laugh or a 100% agree or something. And Discord's like, you're moving too fast. We are rate, uh, restricting you. And then I can't click on uh, rating. What, like for a, a bot tracker or something? I, 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 I guess I, so. Yes, yeah, like, quit quit acting like a bot. <laughs> what are you talking about, Barry? Yeah, you're, quit you're, acting like Jeff. You're not yeah. picking enough boats to prove that you're a human. I guess. <laughs> Dude, it, it's weird. Or traffic signals. It was funny. One person uh, looking at the uh, Avengers Kang Dynasty poster said, I, I read that too fast and I saw Avengers Krang nasty and now that's all I see. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sort of like anything post phase three, I'm just thinking of as uh, the Krang nasty phase. I would, I would watch Krang nasty. Krang nasty. Avengers, the Krang nasty. <laughs> So Black Panther is coming out this November. Okay. Yep. So part of Phase Four. Yeah. It was supposed to actually come out in May this year, but they postponed it to November. Okay. So makes all the sense. When we go to Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con, we need a big sign that says, "Please point to all the pictures of a boat," (laughs) before I take their email address. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We had some big losses this last week, so we got to start with the really big one: Star Trek icon Nichelle Nichols died at the age of eighty-nine. Grace Dell Nichols studied acting in Chicago, New York, Los Angeles before getting her break in the 1961 musical Kicks and Company, going on tour in the U.S. and Europe as a singer with both the Duke Ellington and Lionel Hampton bands. She eventually became noticed by Gene Roddenberry and appeared in his first television foray, The Lieutenant. 
Uh, Nichols, of course, went on to get a job on his next show, an experimental science fiction program called Star Trek as Lieutenant Uhura. Nichols was playing a full-fledged bridge officer and a valued member of the crew. Starting with The Man Trap, Nichols appeared in 69 episodes out of 80. The episode Plato's Stepchildren broke down further racial barriers in 1968 when Nichols and Shatner shared the first interracial kiss in television history. Well, American television history. American television history, thank you. She went on to play the character in Star Trek the Animated Series as well as all six Trek films that have featured the original cast. She lent her vocal talents to shows such as Gargoyles, Batman the Animated Series, and played herself in both The Simpsons and Futurama. Other appearances include the films Snow Dogs, Lady Magdalene's The Torturer, and Sharknado 5 Global Swarming. <laughs> uh, though Nichols is gone, her contributions to the world of science fiction and the arts will never be forgotten. Is it swar- swarming or swarming? It's swarming now. Really? Yeah. No, oh. it isn't swarming. I thought maybe it had something to do with Mediterranean food. It, it could be. Swarma. Swarming. Yep. She, uh, <sighs> she doesn't get enough credit for... Her support and um, basically critique of NASA. Um, they wanted to recruit her to be um, a spokesperson for NASA, and she said no. But I will promote and try to uh, recruit candidates, especially women, um, for the space program. But she wanted to do it separate from, so that it didn't feel like she was just being a mouthpiece for the agency, but it's because it was something she believed in, but still could also be critical of the way that they were recruiting for their astronaut classes. And, you know, when they would not hire enough people of color, she could actually say, look, you need to recruit more, and there are plenty of perfectly good candidates that are better than and equal to or better than the people that you are putting in your astronaut classes. And she did that. But she was also a big promoter of space exploration um, in general. So, yeah, she's a. Uh, there's a lot about her that is beyond just what she did on Star Trek or even just as an actress. So, yeah, she's a. I'm, I'm, I had the pleasure of running into her many times. Uh, you know, I've met her several times. Uh, <laughs> once, literally, almost running into her when I was at the experience. I was going around the corner to grab some bottles for the bar that we had at our captain's lounge upstairs, which is where she was going to be performing, and she was standing right there. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, because I literally almost ran into her. She's like, oh, it's okay, sweetheart. But I'm just like, okay. Jeff almost ended it all there. But uh, I never met her at the experience. uh, I think you were gone at this point, but uh, well, she was there in the beginning, right? And then later on, yeah. I I mean, because you had left like right before they started doing the regular conventions at the Hilton, so then we would have the crossover uh, Uh, parties in the. I was there. I was there for one of them, and then I bowed out. Yeah, because this was t- more towards the right before we closed. So I want to say yeah, like you mentioned six, the, seven, and eight. The yeah. president's lounge, which yeah. that, that was still a trying to figure yeah. out thing when I worked there. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the area that it was just a big open hole that they didn't ever enough, have enough money to finish when they literally, first... Literally, literally, yeah, folks. They literally ran out of money um, and so fenced it off for many years. Until they made it a uh, a private room for weddings and 
banquets and stuff. I and love they had an stage. elevator that went nowhere. Yeah. Well, stupid. Well, that that elevator went up there for that to but, nowhere. Uh, but then when they made the captain's lounge, it went up there, and then those stairs that were hidden behind the uh, the drywall, they actually made those usable. Yeah. So, Girl, anyway. and I used to go up there and fish for humans. Right. <laughs> we took a, we got some some magic string, like that really, really oh, yeah. invisible magician string, and we we have a dollar. Mm-hmm. We put it on a stick, and we would fish for humans, and they try to grab it, and we pull it away. And we'd be like, Ah, you're so stupid! <laughs> <laughs> well, you said you had a list there, right? Of people we lost that was just besides Nichelle. We also lost David Warner. Yep. Mm. He died at the age of eighty. Sark. Appeared in many genre projects like 1960, uh, 1976's The Omen, Jack the Ripper, and the 1979 thriller Time After Time. Great movie. Which posits that Wells actually created the time machine he described in his books. Uh, well played by Malcolm McDowell, who must follow Warner's Jack the Ripper into the future to contemporary San Francisco in an effort to defeat him. And of it- course, in 1982's Tron, Warner played villain Dillinger slash Sark. Other significant credits include Terry Gilliam's 1981 Time Bandits. Evil! Yes, in which he played the villain called Evil. And in 1985's The Company of Wolves, director Neil Jordan's exploration and Red Riding Hood fairy tale. Warner also tied to various franchises, including Star Trek. He played two unrelated roles in Trek movies. In Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, he played St. John Talbot, the broken-down Federation ambassador to Nimbus III, who, like his Romulan and Klingon counterparts, comes under the influence of the renegade Vulcan Cybok. And in Star Trek The Undiscovered Country, he played Gorkin, the uh, chancellor for the Klingon High Council, who pursue, pursued peace with the Federation but was murdered. And on TV in the two-part Chain of Command in 92, Warner played Gull Madrid, a Cardassian intelligence officer who tortures a captured Captain Picard both physically and psychologically. There are four lights! Yep, that guy. Uh, he's also tied to uh, Doctor Who, voicing Lord Aslock in the Dreamland miniseries in 2009 and appearing as Professor Gritsenko in 2013. Played a ruthless businessman Thomas Eckert in David Lynch's seminal Twin Peaks in yep. 1991. He's also a voice or voice. He, hi, there must be our. Oh, look at that. <laughs> hour and a half. Imagine that. Also, a voiceover artist who contributed to the animated series, including Batman the Animated Series as Ra's al Ghul, uh, Gargoyles as Archmage, Freakazoid as The Lobe, Spider Man, uh, Toonsylvania, Superman, Batman Beyond, Buzz Lightyear, Star Command, Men in Black the Series, and a variety of video games. If you're into geekdom, Warner was in it. Yeah. Interesting uh, trivia piece. Uh, time After Time was directed by Nicholas Meyer, who also directed both Star Trek II and Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. In fact, uh, Meyer was part of the reason that Warner uh, jumped on board to do uh, Chancellor Gorkin in that movie. Plus, he said it was just a very well-written character, even though it had limited screen time. Yeah. Um, so he was very interested in that character. Uh, time after time is a great movie. I don't know. I mean, I know you've seen it, Kirsten. Yeah. But has anybody else at the table seen that? Um, I yeah. love the flip in that. Malcolm yeah. McDowell. Yeah. Is the nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Warner is the psycho yep. serial killer, which is just hilarious. Hey, Mike. Malcolm McDowell was the good guy in Caligula. He was just misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. keep repeating yeah, it, that's, and you'll start to believe it. Yeah. And, and I, I want to point this out before anyone listening forgets. Torgo flubbed the line there, so you got to drop and give us five. 
It's five part push-ups. of the five, yes, five push-ups. Five push-ups. I'm sorry. There's the you haven't been listening to the fitness channel on our Kofi uh, Discord. No, because it's the fitness channel. <laughs> <Yes>. That's right. <laughs> well, I figured you know you'd like it because so like, five push-ups. Sir. Find a pizza and like fitness in your mouth. But yeah, you know what? I will push. If it's a I will, pizza, I will push up five lifesavers into my gob. I'll do that. The problem is geeks pack on weight. And it's time to stop that. So you screwed up a line. If you're listening to this, drop and give us five. Wow. Do it. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. If I screw up a line, they have to do push-ups? There you but go. But you can't do it on purpose. Right. Okay. That's that. I, I, <laughs> honor system. I, I like this. This is a kind of a power I don't deserve. Yeah. yeah it's honor system. Wow. So All right. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, although no. I did like three flubs, so what's that? Fifteen? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not the power we need. Over it's the, the power over we like deserve. the last hour and a half, you can't do fifteen push-ups. <laughs> Work it out, man. <laughs> Charlize Theron, Mad Max, Fury Road. She's dead. Bombshell. Now we're moving on to the next story. Shoot, <laughs> <Dude>, please. <laughs> and filmmaker Alfonso. I forgot the other one that died. What's wrong with you? Who died? Caron, who did Gravity and Roma, are teaming up for a new Olivia film project called Jane. Uh, Theron will star and Caron will direct and produce the movie, which examines the family life of trailblazing sci-fi writer Philip K. Dick. Mm. The project is set up at Amazon Studios. They've partnered with Isa Hackett, who did The Man in the High Castle, and developed the work based on the lives of her father and his twin sister. Jane is described as a story about, quote, a woman's unique relationship with her brilliant but troubled twin, who also happens to be Philip K. Dick. The celebrated novelist behind Blade Runner source material, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, along with such iconic classics as A Scanner Darkly and The Man in the High Castle, which have likewise been adapted for the screen. Uh, while attempting to rescue her brother from predicaments both real and imagined, Jane plunges deeper and deeper into a fascinating world of his creation. Uh, Hackett said the statement, The story of Jane has been with me for as long as I can remember. Jane, my father's twin sister who died a few weeks after birth, was at the center of his universe. Befitting a man of his unique imagination, this film would defy the conventions of a biopic and embrace the alternate reality Philip K. Dick so desperately desired, one in which his beloved sister survived beyond six weeks of age. It is her story we will tell through... It, oh, sorry, it's her th- story we'll tell her lens through Give which him five. We, her lens through which we will see him and his imagination. There is no better way to honor him than to grant him his wish, if only for the screen, unquote. So, Charisse Theron in... Jane. Very interesting concept. That is a yeah. that is unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I'd be interested to watch that. An alternate reality biopic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want my biopic to be alternate reality. Yeah, yeah. How 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 would you want that? Done? That just just anything else. Killing orcs. Yeah, <laughs> killing orcs. But no, you're right. Anything else? Just you know. <laughs> at this point. So even the world with the hot dog fingers. I just you know what? I'll eat them. <laughs> I challenge you to write your own biography, but make it all lies. Oh, okay. I want I want to read this. I I I died a week after I was born. Oh, that was easy. There you go. All right. Yeah. What does he get? Nothing. I, oh. I want to read the damn thing, and I don't want it to be a pamphlet. <laughs> make it at least a novella. Make it at least a chick track. <laughs> there you go. Oh, chick tracks. We need to get those and give them away. Ooh, let's just get a whole bunch of dark dungeons and give them away. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. The long in development animated film adaptation of Eric Powell's The Goon is moving forward. 
The film was in development at 20th Century Fox, but after Disney bought them, the project fell apart for the studio. Uh, during the Comic-Con, uh, Tim Miller of Blur Studios announced the film is being developed at Netflix, and Patrick Osborne, who did Feast, is directing the feature. The Goon is based on the long-running action horror comedy series of the same name. Here's the synopsis. The story is about the adventures of The Goon, a muscle-bound brawler who claims to be the primary enforcer for the feared mobster Labrazio. The Goon and his sidekick Frankie often get tied up in other machinations, often in relation to the evil zombie gangs under the command of the nameless zombie priest. The series has a distinctly paranormal slant, with the average story concerning ghosts, ghouls, skunk apes with unnatural hunger for pie, extra-dimensional aliens, and mad scientists. So The Goon. Anybody read The Goon? No. Yeah. I always saw it. I never read it. How was it? I read one issue. It, you know... It was uh, it was weird. There you go. I said it. I remember seeing the artwork around Comic Con, but yeah. I'm just not artwork familiar with it. Artwork looks nice. Yeah. So, I guess if I had spent more time on it, giving it more time, I think it would have gotten drawn in. But I I read that first issue and I was just like, all right, what am I supposed to be uh, enthralled with here? Hmm. And in a unrelated note, I just looked up to see if we could buy some copies of the Dark Dungeons Chick Tract. Of course you can. They're always av- all of those are available. Except how it's not. Uh, oh, this, really? I, this title is out of print. It's available only in quantities of 10,000 or more. So if you want to buy 10,000 Chick Tracts. How much does that cost? Uh, probably a lot. It's not happening. They can't, but they only, they only could be, what, eight cents each? Yeah, it's, really. It's not happening. <clears throat> What? Too expensive. 10000 If We can give it away to Kofi members. They'll yes. Love it. Get all 10,000 tracks for $900 plus $180 shipping to a U.S. address. The thing, the, you know what? I would absolutely do that, except that would be giving money to yeah, Jack, Jack, right. Jack, and I don't exactly. want to do that at all. So each one's like a buck eight. So you can buy them all, or you can just wait for them to appear on your car over your lifetime. Um, or you can get the uh, the Kickstarter movie that they made. Me. I yeah, own that yeah, movie. Barry, <gasps> do your math again. No, wait. Hold on. Thousand. Ten thousand for nine hundred dollars. <laughs> no, no, plus one hundred eighty dollars shipping. Yeah, but ten thousand for a thousand dollars each. Oh no, it's not. No, it's a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a lot less than that because ten thousand doesn't matter. <laughs> Math, everyone. Uh, it's math many. It's, I don't know. It's not even math. It's sliding decimals over. Jeez. Jesus. I, I don't care. If I'm, we were, I don't s- care. I'm not spending a thousand dollars on the track. <laughs> so, so does that mean they have to do chin ups for math things, or? Ah, uh, yes. You need to do ten sit ups because I screwed up math. Burpees. Oh, oh, burpees. Whoa, whoa. Okay, I'm never wow. doing math again. Sorry, guys. Deb is mean. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Yikes. No one wants burpees. The role-playing game Alice is Missing is set to be adapted into a feature film at Paramount with Becca Gleason, writer and producer of Amazon's series The Summer I Turned Pretty, attached to direct and co-write the adaptation alongside Spencer Stark, the designer of the game. Quote, Alice is an immersive so-called silent RPG played entirely via text message. The premise involves the disappearance of a teen named Alice Briarwood, a high school junior in the small town of Silent Falls. The players take on various characters in Alice's life, such as her brother, her secret relationship, and the boy with the crush, among others, as they attempt to uncover why she has gone missing, unquote. 
The game was introduced only two years ago after a successful Kickstarter campaign, but it quickly took off. It garnered not only raves and honors, such as any awards for best game and product of the year, uh, but a young and plugged-in fan base that continually generates its own stories and fan art around the game. Uh, so Alice is Missing, the RPG texting game. That hmm. sounds interesting. I mean, they got an any. What the hell? So it's making it into a movie, though. It's an... Yeah, but I... I couldn't get behind it because I don't like texting in general, so I would get bored with it very quickly. Yeah, you know, all that texting on the movie screen? What, are we supposed to bring our phones along? <laughs> that would be cool. If, if you could like text along with the movie characters. Text along. Follow the bouncing cursor. <laughs> you know what I mean. Or maybe you don't. I do, but I choose not to. <laughs> like, you text a certain number when you're about to watch the film. You know, and then as the characters nope. give out group text, you <laughs> all get group text. Matt, Matt's out. Nope. What's wrong, Matt? <clears throat> because I they'll like just that. open the door for other movies like that to where people will be texting. Well, they already do that. And it becomes like, slippery slope. And it becomes an arc, an alternate mind. reality game. And I love those. Those are fun. Remember Majestic? I remember it existing. I never played it. I played it for like a hot minute. Where I signed up because I heard it all about Majestic. I said, "Oh, wow, well, this is this is an was interesting the, thing." The one like the coordinate game and no, no, that's okay. that's Niantic. Okay, that's different. Yeah, not well, totally yeah. different. Which is basically Pokemon Go. Majestic was you're trying to solve some mystery about uh, um, the government and aliens or something. The government, the government, government and aliens. They would they would email you every so often, maybe like once a week or whatever. But sometimes you get a phone call or or a, uh, a at the time a beeper message, um, or or, or, a, or a piece of physical mail, and it would carry you through the story, and you'd have to interact for the, to, for it to, to move forward. Remember to drink your, your Ovaltine. Ovaltine. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Again, it always happens. That's why I stopped playing. No, I, it wasn't fully fleshed out, but there are a lot, a lot of alternate reality games out there. Yeah. Some of them are super, super deep where it gets like not fun anymore. Mm -hmm. I just want one that's kind of like light because yeah. I don't have a lot of time for them. I've only played one and it was kind of cool. They, uh, they would send you uh, like little cards in the mail. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Shut your filthy mouth. You are a piece of garbage. You are a garbage human being and I don't like you. <laughs> I got it, Barry. Just put a whole bunch of balloons in his shower stall. You're really proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> so proud. I'm more proud of the way in which he had to try to pop them all and was freaking out about it. <laughs> Making the neighbors go, what are the neighbors thinking I'm hearing right now? Let's do some red light, green light. Red light, green light. Such a fun game to play. Red alarm. Red alarm. Red alarm. Red alarm. Oh, side note. Sorry, before we start. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was one more that Matt mentioned for losses this week. Olivia Newton-John. Ah, yes, of course. Yeah. So I just wanted to Did you ever mention. watch Xanadu? Yes. No. I did not. No. Mm. I, I watched, Greece. I love Greece. It's a tough watch. It's rough. I watched it for the first time during the pandemic. And by the end of it, I liked it. Really? Yeah, it was oh, awful. Don't right. get me wrong. Yeah. I, I liked it Stockholm for Syndrome. its All madness. that he hasn't watched. 
and he wanted he to do over yeah. the pandemic. I mean, it's it's a tough it's a tough watch, <laughs> but the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those like you normally you'll get a movie with a really bad soundtrack that's a good movie, or you'll have that great movie that's got the fantastic soundtrack. This is one that it's a bad movie with a really amazing soundtrack. Yeah. So and it, the movie makes no sense whatsoever. But yeah. I will say, if you are by chance a fan of Xanadu on YouTube, you can find a filmed version of the Broadway version of Xanadu. Yeah. Which is a fantastic send up yeah. of it. It is a wonderful parody that keeps the music and adds a little more ELO to it. It's better than the movie. I think I have it in my YouTube queue. <laughs> Do you mean Electric Light Orchestra? Yep. They did the set, the music? Yeah. I love ELO. Yeah, Jeff Lynn's, there you go. Jeff you Lynn's hands are all over alone. that. You'll be listening to that on your next trip to I California. I am not a <laughs> of Xanadu. Didn't he have something to do with the score as well as just like the actual like soundtrack? It's an ELO musical. Yeah. Well, I know, but I mean, like, as far as like the instrumental stuff in between. Oh, sure, they did some yeah. of that too. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. This, I mean, yes, she is the face of Xanadu. Yeah, but Jeff Lynn is the sound. Yeah, exactly. Xanadu. <laughs> Have we we just ignored the cookies on the table, haven't we? That's your your fault. See, you have to understand, folks. They're not there cookies. is a can of supposedly. Uh, Danish butter cookies. It's a big can. A big can of them. It's but it's Halloween. unopened. So it's at a superposition where it exists as both a tin of cookies and a tin of sewing supplies. Until she shakes it. It's cookies. It's cookies. <laughs> See, now, now it's cookies. And it's got weird Halloween theming on it, too, which is... is it's been there a while. It's got a no, plastic brand new. Halloween yeah. stuff is out now. Yes. Unless it's from last Halloween and That's it's just carried over. It's brand new. <laughs> I mean, you laugh at that, but my mom used to do that when uh, when I was a kid because we couldn't really afford to buy Halloween candy for the whole neighborhood. So she would buy the candy the day after when it was on the super discount. And, and then, then, and then give it to the it kids over. walking around the neighborhood? No, it would hold it over till the next Halloween because oh, a lot okay. of times it... Like back then, it had like a two-year expiration date on it. Well, because so, they put all the crazy yeah. chemical preservatives that probably gave all of us cancer. So yeah, back you know, Damn. I thought it was as an adult. I look back on that; it was a genius because it was a definite way to stretch the the dollar out, and it would still allow her to give away candy to kids, which she absolutely loved doing. But you know what I'm waiting for? I'm waiting for you to open that, and it's actually sewing supplies, and somehow. Todd's wife found a, a thing to seal it up. Well, knowing her with the, the crafting, she's probably got a little uh, sewing tin sealer device. I, yeah. I, th- I think she actually wants that tin back when, ah. when the cookies are done. <laughs> so she can reseal it with sewing supplies yeah. next year? Nice. Okay, how many monkeys does it take <laughs> to, to open a tin of cookies? It must still have tape, but I can't find, like, I can't feel it. Uh, I, I see the tape. <laughs> it's still yeah, on there. Yeah, I see it. Uh, so... Uh, no more red light, green light. We're just going to open the cookie tin. That's that's what the show is now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> open the cookie tin. So, so thank I can't you, judge, Barry. I can't judge movies without cookies. <laughs> Apparently. I bring this meeting of Done Right Productions to order. It is time to green light this tin of cookies <laughs> to open so we can also green light some new shows. Yay! Yay. Let, there, Let there be cookies. Yeah, let's all get fat. Let's. I mean, you know, <laughs> get fat. Stay, stay fat. Stay <laughs> the fat. company going on with the microphone. <laughs>
<laughs> you had to have your cookies, Barry. You absolutely had to have them. And this I'm is your eat fault. Them too. This is your fault. He had to have his cookies and eat them too. Okay. Just okay. keep that away from the mic. <laughs> Don't touch anything. I love how That's it says wrong. "got milk" all over the side oh, of the yes, box. It does. Okay, you know how there's always those sugar cookies and a, and a tin of, of uh, but Danish butter cookies with all the sugar on them. These don't have the sugar on them. Oh, shit. <laughs> Bunch of bullshit. Must have ordered them from the fitness channel. I can't hear you. Fitness in your mouth, here. <laughs> oh, my God. I bring this meeting of Dunright Productions to order. We have four new pitches, and we got a green light one of them. Your choices this week are Hysteria, Max Headroom, Oh, boy. oh yeah, yeah. The Atlas Six and Ramirez. We'll start with Hysteria. Peacock is developing Hysteria, described as a coming-of-age thriller set against the backdrop of the satanic panic of the 1980s. Oh. The show hails from Dungeons and Dragons, honor among thieves filmmakers John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, who are on board as directors and executive producers. The story of Hysteria picks up in the 80s when a popular varsity quarterback disappears without a trace. Interest in the occult is on the rise and seeing an opportunity to build up their reputation, a local high school band comprised of outcasts tries to rebrand themselves as a heavy metal band. Kirsten! Damn it! God damn it! What is wrong with you? I'm trying to be professional here. Don't spit that water out. Oops. <laughs> Where was I? We're talking about the high school band. The high school band. Local high school band comprised of outcasts tries to rebrand themselves as a heavy metal band inspired by the devil. This turns out rather ill-advised when a string of murders, kidnappings, and alleged supernatural activity places all suspicion onto them. Quote, our upcoming series, Hysteria, will explore the complex world of the satanic panic set among 80s nostalgia, mystery, heavy metal, and all-America setting. Lisa Katz, president of scripted content for NBC Universal, said in a statement. Writer Matthew Scott Kane, a veteran of Annabelle Comes Home, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, an American horror story, will executive reproduce. <laughs> reproduce? Reproduce? <laughs> Really? It's a special level of production. <laughs> Drop this is how new movies get made. I love this. And I like it. It'll be followed up by a prequel called uh, Pyromania. Or Stranger Things. That's where I went first, too. I was like, is this a Def Leppard film? Man, oh man. It's Stranger Things this last season. Just so long as the heavy metal doesn't go after Metallica Black Album. <laughs> no. Where's Nobody needs load or reload. Peacock tried to destroy the metal, but the metal was far too strong. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. That's a little tenacious D for you there, Matt. Oh, ugh, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, The memory does remain. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Thank that you was much. good. <laughs> Matt's like, yours was good. Todd's was better. <laughs> <laughs> so we like hysteria. Okay. Let's see how it compares to Max Headroom. AMC Networks developing a reboot of Max Headroom with Halt and Catch Fire co-creator Christopher Cantwell like it. Like it. and oh, producer yeah. Elijah Wood. It's got good uh, bones. Matt good bones. Frewer, who originated the Max Headroom character in 85, is also set to return to reprise his role. Max Headroom originated with a British TV movie called Max Headroom 20 Minutes into the Future. 
billed as the first entirely computer-generated TV host, the supposedly artificial intelligence character immediately struck a chord with audiences. He went on to pop up all over television in the ensuing years, appearing in commercials, hosting music video programs, even getting two seasons of his own ABC TV series in 87. Despite being off the air for years, he remains a frequently referenced aspect of 1980s nostalgia and gained infamy when his likeness was used as part of a pirate broadcast in 1987. At the moment, we don't know what form this new incarnation of Max Headroom will take, whether it'll be a deliberate throwback to the 80s, something updated for the 2020s, or even a legacy sequel-style concept that examines what the Max of the 80s would make of the modern world. But Max Headroom... Does that interest you at all? Yes. I yeah. like it. Hard yes. <clears throat> Why? Catch and halt fire right there. Ha- Matt Truer. Oh, sorry. I love when we catch and <laughs> Try that around. <laughs> catch and halt fire. <laughs> Fuck these cookies. <laughs> Man, why are those playing the cookies? The cookies didn't have anything to do with that shit. They don't have any sugar on They're them. They're taking away his concentration. <laughs> halt and catch fire. Uh, yeah, it's, it's got, got good, good, good bones. Good bones. Say, there. Yeah. Good bones. Funny. Yeah. And it's Max Headroom. It's more nostalgia than anything for me. If I, if I didn't grow up in the era of Max Headroom, the 80s, I wouldn't know who the hell that is. I, I, I wouldn't be interested because I, I have no ties to it because there's, there's nothing really there. I'm trying to divorce myself from what I know about Max Headroom. I don't know if I would be interested. So it's going to have to have some really, really good press. But it can be totally uh, relevant. <clears throat> today ai tv host and the world of fake news and conspiracies and all that stuff because uh, max headroom kind of went into that didn't it yeah weren't, weren't they it, like attacking the dystopia and everything like that yeah they leaned heavily into the uh the crafted narrative of uh news production at the time yeah and, and that was uh matt Frewer's character was was trying to fight against that by doing like actual reporting. Right. Uh, there you go. If I remember correctly, it's been forty years almost. Sure. But do you remember the the fun part of Max Headroom, which really got him popular, which was the, like the interviews and yeah, stuff, the, the Pepsi Max commercials, and the, and the Coke and the catch, show. Catch, catch the wave, Coca Cola. Well, Did he have his own show? Was it? Yeah, he had his own, his own interview show. That, that was yeah. fun. Back to the Future. And yeah, and he was in Pixels too for a second. Not Pixels. Uh. Wreck It Ralph was it? Uh, relaxer, I think it was a relaxer. Yeah, relax. Yeah, yeah <laughs> shut up. <laughs> All right, next up, the Atlas Six. Amazon beat out a number of bidders for the rights to the fantasy novel, The Atlas Six. Amazon's developing the project as a series with author Alexine Farrell Falmouth, otherwise known as Olivia Blake, and Brightstar, the London-based production company. The book begins when six of the uniquely talented magicians are selected to earn a place in the Alexandrian society, the eternally powerful secret society in the world. The chosen, only six, are chosen each decade, will secure a life of power and prestige beyond their wildest dreams. But at what cost? Each of the six newest recruits have their reasons for accepting the society's elusive invitation, even if it means growing closer than they could have imagined to the most dangerous enemies or risking unforgivable betrayal from their most trusted allies will they fight to the nail for the right to join the ranks of the Alexandrians. You're in to this? the nail. Fight to, to the, the nail. nail? Yes, to the nail. To the nail! <laughs> 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 Wasn't this Now You See Me? <clears throat> 
the Alice 6 was originally self-published via Kindle Digital Publishing, but went on viral with over 11 million mentions on social media TikTok, oh. which sparked a major publishing bidding war. There you go. Tor won that battle and is publishing a revised and edited version with new illustrations. The second book of the trilogy is set to be released fall 2022. Uh, Farrell Falmouth will executive produce the series with uh, Sahachian and Woodward. Sahachian has served as executive producer on Netflix The Crown after developing and producing the first four films in the Harry Potter franchise for Warner Brothers. So what do you think of The Atlas Six? Sounds interesting to me. I like magic. Do you believe in magic? Is it like magic magic or is it? Like, if you like, it's the other magic. Why do we mean magic? <laughs> like magic? Like illusionary. You mean like David uh, oh, it's magic? There's, yeah, like that. Yeah, it's Penn and Teller. Yeah, yeah. Like now you see me, kind of magic. No, which was actual magic. Oh, it's magic. It's magic. They're called sorcerers you know. in the story. Yeah. Sorcerers. Yeah. Sorcerers. Mm. The words in sorcerers. <laughs> yeah, come on, Gary. Sorcerers. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we got Ramirez. Yeah. Stars has in- announced Ramirez as a series to coincide with the upcoming Highlander remake. <laughs> Neil H. Moritz is set to produce this prequel story based on the backstory that Highlander creator Gregory Wyden had written but was never produced. The show will follow the story of Juan Chances Villalobos Ramirez. The in a, why, why, why are you Sean, shaking Sean your head? Connery's character? Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, the guy who used to be an Egyptian and has a Scottish accent, yeah. and then he was a Spaniard, uh, and he Spanish went to Japan peacock. and got a katana. The show will follow <laughs> Ramirez, an, an immortal who plays the game, uh, hunt for other immortals to engage in a duel to the death by decapitation. The only rule in the end that can be only one, and Ramirez is determined that a corrupt immortal named the Kurgan must not win the prize. Ramirez was originally played by the late Sean Connery with Clancy Brown portraying the dreaded Kurgan in the 1986 film. What do you think of Ramirez? Nope. Nope. Ah, that's a tough one because I always felt no, like... No, it's not. The, the, <laughs> pretty no, it's easy. Not. I feel like the movie, the way they pitched the character when he briefly talks about himself had an interesting background story like that he you know he was actually born an egyptian and then as you said he he was living a lot of his life in both spain and then in japan and you know so this is this character that has this apparently rich background this you know thousand plus year story making fun of it aside yeah, yeah. he he's actually the more interesting character exactly yes. and then they but that that's the end of it that's that's yes. all we hear of it right except for when you know he's called the goddamn spanish peacock throughout the rest of the film which is really by funny because yeah the kurgan has known him forever yeah it's probably the spanish peacock thing is new yeah you know why isn't he the egyptian uh scott speaker but yeah, it, it, that was the weird thing because Connery didn't even try to do any kind of like Spanish accent. Mm. Uh, he he had such disdain for that part, and he still did it twice. Yeah, it was just one of those. He's like, "All right, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it with my normal voice. I'm not going to try a Spanish accent. <laughs> You're not going to make me try. And when you yeah. offer me Lord of the Rings, I'm going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, I mean. But Ramirez it, is yeah. the more interesting yeah, no, character. Yeah, no, really. yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's like, plenty you could do. I, I, I agree, and I'm, and it felt like that was untapped potential 
that they could have done maybe a couple of flashback sequences of them in that movie, That's and they right. did not. And they, then in the sequel, when everything went out the, you know, went out the now, <laughs> alien knowing, window. Now, knowing that this is attached to the upcoming reboot, how do you feel about that? Uh, I don't know how I feel about the reboot. I think you could do a decent reboot of Highlander and make it a little more modern. Strahelski, uh, so and, it's and, going to be action-packed. Yeah, and, and have a character that maybe could be a convincing Scottish uh, Scotsman <laughs> born 400 years ago in the, Sc- 400 I know, years you need ago a in the Highlands of Scotland. <laughs> have a Scotsman play the Scotsman, yeah. and then, you know, maybe have, I yeah. don't know, someone from Egypt play the... Spanish peak. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they all they get have, Katanas. They have to have flashback sequences because that's one of the things I like from the TV Highlander. show. More TV show. They did it more in the TV show, but they did they, they did, did still yeah. do it in the movies a, a little lot bit. in the TV show. Although yeah. it was all their their flashbacks tended to be like two hundred years back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought that was. <laughs> um, I mean, it's got potential. That's all yeah. I'll say. Yeah. All right, so there you go. Hysteria, Max Headroom, The Atlas Six, and Ramirez. Where do you want to put your green light, Deb? The Atlas Six. All right. Why, why does that one appeal above the others? Because it's magic. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Barry, where do you put yours? Max Headroom. Why? Because, honestly, if I'm putting my money toward it, uh, it's the least risky it's already got some... The least... Max Headroom, the least risky. Yeah. <laughs> Ramirez. Come on. Has anyone seen Highlander 2? Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the magic one sounds like all other kinds of young adult magic CW stuff. CW bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hysteria, as much as I would like to watch that, going. it sounds to me like bullshit because it's it, it's so fresh, so, so hot on the heels of... Of all the things that, things. Uh, that that everyone liked about Stranger Things, it's like, well, why don't we just wrap all that up and, and make a new show? Yeah, that's great. Let's attach all these people to it. Yeah, that quickly? I don't think so. Bullshit. So, uh, you're Max Hedrum, it is. to pick out the fake one. You're here yeah. That, that, that comes yet. later. Yeah. Yes. Jeez. Where do you want to put your money? Still Max Hedrum. <laughs> Hysteria for me. Haven't you well, played I, this game before, Barry? <laughs> I did, but yeah, still. <laughs> what? Why Hysteria? Uh, I just... I like that whole period of the 80s where, you know, devil music, all that devil, crap. Yeah. Yes. Metal. Uh, and satanic metal. panic. Like, well, I'm envisioning D. Snyder in front of the fucking PCMA crowd. Yeah. Yep. So there we go. Jeff, where's your green? Uh, I really want to green light Ramirez, but I'm, I'm with Matt. I really kind of like the idea of Hysteria because... I remember very vividly that whole period where suddenly everything was labeled as satanic. And, you know, I remember my mom trying to, uh, quote unquote, protect me from from things like I was suddenly forbidden to, you know, she didn't care that I was, you know, t- uh, doing Dungeons and Dragons stuff with a, my friend Mike. And, you know, and then suddenly it's like, oh, I'm not allowed to do that. And, uh, you know, certain music I wasn't allowed to listen to all of a sudden. It's like. Where's this coming from? Mm. You know, not being really aware of the news articles that she was watching that were were in, and reading, you know, that were leading her into these decision making uh, areas. But uh, I I think if they do it with a certain amount of flair, they could make a decent uh, look at it, but still make it entertaining. Jeff, I'm putting a pin in that. Remind me of that pin after all this. Okay, Kirsten, where you put your green? Uh, well, this is a this is a nice week. 
I mean, this is the first time in a while that we've had a few choices. Yeah. I mean, except for Deb. But, um, <clears throat> you know. The, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole bunch of stuff to actually like. Ramirez, I think, you know. I mean, you know, I make fun of Connery all the time. But in, in truth, the character is. The character yeah. is kind. And if they do an overtime thing, whether it's flashbacks, or maybe they just do it over yeah. time. They start yeah. like that could be extra- yeah. yeah. That could be extraordinary. You know? Um and uh, Max Headroom, ah, oh, Matt coming back, you know, come on, that's, how, how are you going to say no to that? So, and then the uh, other thing, what was the other thing? The Atlas Six. Atlas Six, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Deb's happy, <laughs> Deb's happy, <laughs> occasionally Barry's happy, <laughs> you know, sometimes. Um, Barry's never happy. But I'm going to go with I'm going to go with hysteria because uh, pretty much, you know, following Jeff and Matt. That that period is interesting. Uh once again, not to be political K, but um I think it, it actually could be kind of relevant. Yeah. Uh to yeah. Uh, what's going on now. It's and amazing something how to think about. Stuff like that seems to come back every, you know, 30 40 years. Yeah. Yeah, it just cycles right back. Yep. And it's it's just and the satanic panic I mean, it wasn't just kids losing their D&D books. You look at, like, the uh, uh, McMartin trial. Uh, I think it was in Minnesota. Help me out uh, with that. Uh, that's the, that's the uh, false accusation of uh, pedophilia, the, the daycare people, where it just <coughs> spun wildly out of control that they were doing some kind of satanic rituals with their, with their, uh, their the child cares. Mm-hmm. And it became a big trial, and it just went crazy, and eventually it all fell apart when all the testimony of the children just fell apart because it was just handled so badly. That was the same time period when they were saying like, all the, these records, you put them backwards. Right, right, play them backwards. And, you ever see that movie, The Gate? Right. Yeah. I love The Gate. The Gate. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. I knew you would. So, Edu- and movie. Dallas Edgerton, the... Uh, the, the the kid who uh, disappeared and supposedly in the steam tunnels and yeah. actually and it ends up, actually went to Texas and his story is actually incredibly convoluted. Right, um, but it's the inspiration for the movie Mazes and Monsters. Yeah, except that the, the, his story was even deeper than that yeah. because he was uh, he was a child prodigy. He was out of his depth in college. He was having some uh, orientation issues sexual orientation issues and he was just beset by so much and that in in of itself is topical as hell although that's not the story they're good the high school jock is an interestingly weird angle but hey whatever so you know i'm putting it behind mysteria but honestly i'd put my money through uh you know uh all of them, all of them dead, all of them. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. All right, so we're green lighting hysteria. That's the one we're moving forward with. So, uh, which of these do you think are fake, uh, Deb? Hysteria. All right. How about you, Barry? Hysteria is fake. Matt? Probably hysteria. Jeff? I actually think Ramirez is fake. Guys, the- oh, yeah. Ramirez. The fake one this week was sent to us by Sean Darty, and it is Ramirez. Oh, goddammit. I'm actually glad. I will want to see Hysteria. Yeah, that means Hysteria, Max Headroom, and Atlas are in some form of development. It just, it, it sounded too good to be true because, you know, as we were just saying, it's, it's, a, little, it's a character that had a potentially rich yes. history and yeah. background 
that one that, of the, one that, of the great failings of you you produce this really really awesome backstory leading up to your to your story yeah and the backstory actually gets a little too awesome yeah you know maybe so i'm very glad to be wrong very glad i can't wait to see can i record that let's say that again no you'll never record that (laughs) the fact that there's potential (laughs) that's never going to be explored though is sad and you said put a (laughs) pin in what now okay you know before i get back to my pin i do want to thank all you kofi members for supporting the show you you help us keep the lights on and, yep, thank and you. let us do things like going to the amazing Las Vegas Comic Con coming up in September, yep. where you can find us there. Uh, and I want to especially thank our Banana Pudding Tier One members: Sir Banana Chomps, Hylian Scoop, Chad Wilson, Ambivalent Hoax, Richard Bruins, Scoopatron, Mandy, Sour Maddie D, Jacob Flora, Multiverse Tonight, Scully, Mister Dumble Dave, Froyog Soft Serve, Minty Scoop. Gil and Mr. Sticky Pants, and I especially want to thank our brand new Tier 3 member, Alexander West. Thank you for joining us, and of thank course, you. King Vald, once again. Yeah, I, I, King Vald, you are number one. Oh, good boy. <laughs> you are the best. Uh, oh, King, my God. King Vald was the first to request a, uh, a cameo recording from us, uh, both myself and Commander K yeah, recorded I once did. for him. So, uh he seems to be very happy with his He product. will make a great father. Well, he was probably happy with yours. He was probably incensed with Kirsten's He was. He, almost, he threatened to pull all funding after that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what I was afraid of. That's what I was afraid of. And, of course, I want to thank our Fireball Whiskey Tier 4 members, King Vald, Deb T, David Farrar, Atomic Gumby, and our Buckfast and Haggis Tier 5 members, Leon Metz, Jeff Harris, Jake Godbold, Ozzy Matt, Mad Martron, and Glumly. And if you've been interested in our limited Tier 5 there is a new space available. So if that interests you, take a look at the tiers. And speaking of Fireball Whiskey, Microscope, thank you for the shirts. I'll, uh, I'll hold Steve's uh, in abeyance. It, it, you know, he'll, he'll be back in town, yeah, so he'll, he'll be, be getting here soon. it soon. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. And Pat Sproul, thank you so much for sending us the Mandalorian uh, fun dip. This this has that, been fantastic. Uh, I ate all mine. Pat, uh, uh, it wasn't traumatic, so yeah. thank you. That's uh, a bit of a switch. Uh, and until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Maple Leaf Matt. Vlarg. And Deb. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Okay, the pin. The pin. The pin. Uh, uh, much like you, Jeff. Yeah, I, I had uh, the Christian upbringing, and right. when my mother started going to a very fundamental church, that crackdown started happening. I remember this. But uh, so we would go to Christian bookstores a lot, mm-hmm. where you would find books on backward masking, and they had an audio tape that uh, she bought me called "Backward Masking Unmasked." Oh no! It is uh, the uh, audio version of the book about the backward messages on satanic backward messages on albums. But what was great about the recording on the tape is they took those cuts from those songs and then played them backwards, so you could quote unquote hear the satanic message on it, and it introduced me to a lot of great music. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> Curses! Her plan was foiled. <laughs> they were always afraid that Dungeons and Dragons was going to lead us into the arms of the devil. I mean, it did, but yeah, you know, they were if, always... if the devil was Walden books. Yeah, yeah, yeah really. And uh, all, all that their their Beat hysteria served to do was to encourage us to uh, uh, look into devil stuff. Well, that was, was a like, high wow, point what, of their sales. What, what, what are we missing here? So I immediately went out and 
found a copy of uh, LeVay's Satanic Bible, and uh, <laughs> I got a, this uh, mail-order catalog of all occult stuff, and I thought it was the coolest thing. Well, when you get that feeling, you start believing. Wow. He's wow. on fire tonight. <laughs> wow. Wait, he's on fire tonight. What song does that reference? Yeah. No. I would like no, to that's point- from Pyromania. <laughs> I would like to point out that Barry, I think through some of his acquisitions, has a book. Remember that giant? Oh, I have the greatest they, book. They actually ended up using it on an episode of Supernatural as like an occult, like magic reference book. And Secret Teachings it, of All Ages yes. by Manly P. Hall. You ever heard of this? It's the yes. encyclopedic outline of Rosicrucian, Hermetic, Kabbalistic philosophy. It's just a giant book. Huge. It's all. It, it's it really, looks amazing. So it, it's, it's it a tome. Then. It's a tome. Yes. Yeah. It does look amazing and. Everything in it is just so well put together. You, I got to show it to you. It's amazing. Um, is it going to have its own room in the house? Probably. <laughs> it usually has a prime place on like the coffee table in the library. So you need a lectern to put it on. Oh, mm. oh yeah. Put I in a chain. Have, give it a chain and chain it to and, the lectern. And a guy in gloves to hand it to you. There like, you go. You don't touch it. Just he just gives it to you. Like, Here you go. I used and to have a lectern. I don't know what happened to it. A robed and hooded mm. acolyte just yes. standing yes. guard yes. over it. Yeah, not a butler, just an acolyte, like yeah. you said. Yeah, just <laughs> LED lights and a smoke machine. Wow. You want to get 80s with it, you need like a... And he just points to it. You ask for a and he just points to it. Yes. Over there. A skeletal finger. <laughs> like, just points to it. Put some lava lamps around. Some 70s feel. Lava <laughs> lamps? I don't know. <laughs> As the sacrifice begins. <laughs> Where are all the candles? All I can find are these lava lamps. Well, I guess we gotta use what we got. Beware. A lava lamp at each point of the star. <laughs> we need to sacrifice a chicken. Person, go to KFC. <laughs> Beware, groovy dudes. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha